welcome to Beerfield, where apparently I am better at in in podcast audio setup swaps than Nathaniel Hackett is at clock management. I am your host <laughs> at Beerfield Hop with two piece Chris Hopper, as always, joined by at Beerfield Theory Dan. Dude, I might be better at what you just said than Nathaniel Hackett at at, at clock management. So, uh, that... yeah, you very well could be. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, we're both very new to it. And one of us didn't fuck up, so because I didn't deal with it. True, I blew a mixer board, so we're we're doing things a little different today. If it works out, we might keep it. I'm starting to get a mixer board for live applications, but if this works out, we might just stick with it. Uh, you feel thurry at Ryan Miner underscore FFB. Ryan, welcome, welcome. Hello. All right, we got a lot to get to today. Uh, you can follow the show Beerfield Podcast on YouTube, Beerfield on Twitter, uh, Ryan Miner. A lot more active on Twitter, including Sunday start sits uh, and questions. So uh, Twitter game is taking a major step up since he joined the show. Uh, we got a little ton to get into, though. We got all of week one to recap. We got week two to preview. So we're just going to cut straight to the chase. <laughs> Halfway through the show. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Uh, Ryan, you got liquor. What are you drinking? I am drinking uh, Seagram Seven Crown and Seven Up, also known as a Seven and Seven, seven and Seven. Yes, Ryan wants to party. Ryan's Ryan's doing a cocktail review. I haven't had one of those in a while. Yeah, change it up a little bit. I am. Uh, I'm joining. Well, I don't know if Hoppy is still on the train, but it's Oktoberfest season. It is Oktoberfest season. So, of course, your boy finally got to the liquor store that's not his house and was able to pick up some Oktoberfest beer, including Odell's Oktoberfest. This is a Marzen-style lager. I haven't had Odell's. Um, I had had mine. had sales throughout the weekend. Um, I've had Civil Life, which I'll have on the show again. We just had it on, but I'll give my take on it. Uh, spoiler, it's one of my favorite Oktoberfests. So, but yeah, today we have Odell Brewing out of Colorado. Out of I can't remember. I don't think it's Denver, uh, Fort Collins, Colorado. Yeah, close enough. Yeah, same difference, right? Close enough. All right. Uh, I out of St. Louis, Missouri, I'm drinking Heavy Rest Velvet Underbrown. So. Ooh. Base brown beer from them. Uh, so no, not Oktoberfest this time. Doing a little market research. So Velvet Underbrown. Well, before review, uh, about halfway through the show. All right. Now, um, getting into some of the thicker stuff here. If I can remember where I put the show notes. Dan still like their show notes. They're there. All right. I got them. I I was able to find first, them. We're good. First and foremost. Uh, we're going to run through some injuries real quick. So we're going to try to do this a little bit differently. Going to run through injuries and roster moves first, just really quick. Harrison Butker is going to miss Thursday. If you're in a league with kickers, uh, get him out. Uh, I forget who, hell, who is a practice squad kicker? Uh, Matt Amendola, former Jets kicker. Okay. Was a practice squad kicker. So he will get uh, the reps there. Ty Montgomery out for four weeks. So if you didn't realize Ty Montgomery was hurt, I didn't. Uh, hopefully, you canceled your waiver claims. Hopefully, <laughs> I did. So, 
Uh, Keenan Allen, hamstring, he's going to miss Thursday night. Uh, very quick turnaround for, for the Chargers, so no big surprise here. Uh, this You would assume this might lead to somebody finding Mike Williams wherever he was hiding, but um, you know, DeAndre Carter, a couple other guys, a lot of targets, um, pretty much an even split uh, between Mike Williams, DeAndre Carter, Gerald Everett, all seeing four targets. Uh, Josh Palmer said I should also draw a little bit more. So very spread out for the Chargers after Keenan Allen went down. So don't just think all oh, that's going to go to Allen or go to Williams because that's probably not the case. Uh, Kenneth Walker, Hernia, he will actually return for week two. So we'll get to see kind of what that split looks like or what they have in mind. Dak Prescott, thumb surgery. Uh, it broke it on a helmet. So... They're not placing him on IR. This should be a four to six week injury. Uh, Jerry Jones thinking he can be back by the beginning of October. And I just have flashbacks of you know, Russell Wilson's thumb injury from last year. Yeah, there's I I, I I highly doubt it. Now, he may get desperate and try to force him back. But I, I just I have the fact that the initial reports were six to eight weeks. And they think that he can come back. Before four, it's just like I'm sorry, but I don't think Jerry Jones is a doctor. No, so not, I, I I have a hard time believing that he'll be back in time. Yeah, not putting him on IR um, is a strong move though, because this isn't like baseball where you can decide to put him on IR later and it's retroactive. Yeah, it's the moment for him when he hits IR. So, well, what I understand is why not put him on IR if if you're saying he's gonna be out four weeks. IR is four weeks right now. I don't under, I don't because they think he can make it back in three, I guess. I don't know. It it doesn't make a lot of sense. Dallas has two pretty viable options at backup quarterback. They have a good defense. They have a solid running game. Solid skill players. Doesn't make sense to try to rush Dak back. They can hang around without him for a few games. I think. Elijah Mitchell sprained MCL, placed on IR. Uh, Marlon Mack has since been signed. Six to eight week recovery for Mitchell. Jeff Wilson is the backup there. Tyrion Davis Price uh, will assume second back roles now. So him and him and Jordan Mason are, are now the two most. Uh, those are two most added. Again, we've preached throughout the entire offseason. Just pick up every San Francisco running back, and that now includes. Something named George Mason or uh, Jordan Mason. Jordan Mason. What about wait? What about the recent one that added to the practice squad? Marlon, Marlon Mack. Mack. Marlon, Marlon Mack. Mack too. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. another one you can grab. What you don't do is go drop ninety dollars on Trey Sermon and Oh Bab. my god, is he ain't with the Niners <laughs> anymore? That was so bad. Like I wasn't awake when that happened, but then I woke when I read it. I woke right up. I'm like, I don't even need coffee right now. I can't believe this just happened. <laughs> I don't even it's need so coffee. Awesome. Uh, uh, yeah. He again the concussion protocol. And then uh, Chris Godwin, hamstring injury, which is the least surprising injury from week one. Because when guys come back from an ACL injury that aren't quite ready to come back from an ACL injury, it's almost always a hamstring or a quadricep that they end up hurting because those muscles are overcompensating because the tendons around the knee are not strong enough yet to handle whatever it is they're doing. Uh, Godwin will probably miss a couple of weeks as he should. This is a pure sign that he should not have come back from the ACL that early, that he's got a hamstring injury after week one. Absolutely. I thought it, it was crazy to see it. I mean, it was good that he was, he had some production prior to it. So he didn't give you the zero or the dud, but it, it's, uh, 
I'm just watching. It's like it's like Dalvin Cook in 2018 when he came back from his his ACL tear, and it took until the end of the year because they were so fucking reluctant to, to not bench him. So hopefully, hopefully, hopefully the Bucks won't won't do what most teams do and enough force out a player that shouldn't be playing. Well, the way Julio Jones looked, they don't really need to. So who's also hurt? So who's <laughs> also hurt? Who's also hurt? It's going to be Russell yeah. Gage <laughs> and yeah. Jalen Darlin. Now, note on that, by the way, we don't. But again, we're not putting people in here that are just banged up. You can find out about them on Sunday. We'll put Thursday night players in here. But if it's a Sunday player that's not officially out or like for sure going to miss, and it's not somebody returning from a multi-week injury. That's all shit you got to show up for on Sunday. No. Um, Colts cut Rodrigo Blankenship. So he had a rough, he had a rough Sunday. He did have a rough Sunday. I did not see who they signed either. I did not. Some other guy I never heard of either. And then uh, Blankenship also went like claimed free off uh, waivers. So he's a free agent. That's not entirely surprising, actually. So, yeah, a little bit of a surprising move there. Anyway, let's get into some more fun stuff. So want to run through some position battles here. And if I missed anything, we can talk about it. But real quick, just going to break this down. We'll quick hit it as we move through it and recap week one. Uh, so looking at Houston, their running back competition, Rex Burkhead saw 72% of the snaps. Uh, Lovey Smith, quote, wants to get Pierce more reps, but... Uh, a lot of people weren't expecting this, but Burkhead does a lot of little things well in addition to pass catching, pass blocking and everything. He was the more productive back and had a clear lead in snap share. So it's going to be a little bit more work than people thought for Pierce, I think. Hopefully you listened to us when we said, yeah, maybe pump the brakes on that one a little bit going into week one. Yeah, I mean, it didn't happen the way we thought it did. Like, like I, I did not think Houston would lead this game for the majority yeah. of it, and Burkhead, <laughs> literally Burkhead, just it was him. But mm-hmm. uh, the touches weren't. I mean, touches weren't that far off. The, but the targets were, were far off. off. The targets, the targets were way matters. off, and they were always going to be off because Pierce is not a pass catcher. No, nope. that was never going to be his role. So you already had to plan for that. Yep. Uh, Giants wide receivers. Kadarius Tony played only twelve percent of snaps behind guys like Richie James and David Sills, even after Wandale Robinson went down hurt. So a little concerning here if you spent that you know, late single-digit round capital on Kadarius Tony being the only somewhat productive Giants wide receiver from last year because Richie James is uh, firmly seated in as their wide receiver one right now. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. And, and I say that kind of jokingly. But- yeah. But also the no, this is now two coaching staffs that have now done this to Tony. Yep. So something to not good, not good, Cotton, not good. No, not good. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, you're benched in for now. You don't really have an option there. You can't trust only getting twelve percent of the snapshot, even if the one touch was productive. Uh, for the Bills, Devin Singletary was the most productive of the bunch. Zach Moss, though, heavily involved in the receiving game. Uh, Singletary was on the field for 56% of snaps to Moss's 37. Uh, James Cook, early fumble, and then was not heard from again. He was one and done. Yeah. Quickly. Quickly. So, uh, again, we'll keep an eye on this. Right now, it's still Singletary, the guy you want to 
you want to start, but it does look like Zach Moss, even in that negative or even that positive game script against the Rams, going to get some receiving work, apparently. Yeah, I don't know what to make of this. I don't either. This is why we don't know anything after week one still. Because this is, I mean, I'll still lean. Weird. I'll still lean Singletary. At least he's actually efficient with you when you yeah. ran, and not Zach Moss's uh, six for fifteen and six catches for twenty-one <laughs> yards. I'm sorry, but that's fucking terrible. That's bad. <laughs> yeah, it's not great like, at all. That's not how you gain more touches. It's how you lose more touches. Yep. So we'll see. And some of that may have been, you know, a message to Cook, to James Cook too. So I'll have to keep watching that one. <laughs> Saints wide receivers, Landry and Thomas, split targets essentially, two touchdowns for Thomas, 114 yards for Landry. Saints got two viable wide receivers? And it's not who we thought it was? I mean, we knew knew Michael Thomas, but... Well, we didn't know Michael Thomas because they were saying that he was going to be like on a snap count, and then that snap count went out the window. We assume Michael Thomas, but you can never look at you, Le'Veon Bell and, you know, Antonio Brown after a bit, but you can never... Just assume that somebody misses a year and a half of football and comes back and produces. Yeah, he scores two so, touchdowns right off the bat. Two touchdowns right out the gate and 100 yards on the other side. You know, in, yeah, it was against Atlanta. Not a good defense. Um, Saints were playing from behind, though. I mean, look, that's a good sign. Jameis only uh, 34 attempts. I mean, it's opera hit yeah. the head, you know, hit the, hit the nail at head here. It's, they played behind the entire game. I think if this team wants... It's against Atlanta, though, so we're all a little shocked. But again, week one, we don't know anything. Yeah, we'll watch game scripts, but just this is all stuff that you note, and that is definitely something to note. Yeah. Uh, For the Bears, Khalil Herbert uh, trailed in carries. He was way more more efficient, though. Montgomery did dominate the snap share, but I think it was like nine touches, 45 and a tutty for Khalil Herbert. Yeah. 70-30 split, but... Uh, in a game that was heavily run scripted, at least early. And, and you know, I wasn't as, like, in tune to watching the game. Again, at the bar with a bunch of TVs on, heads uh, tilting everywhere. But it looked like Herbert got more run as the game was getting closer to the end. Like, it looked it was, it was Montgomery early on, and then Herbert was clearly the better running back right now, you know, at least from an efficiency standpoint. It may just be true because we predicted this could happen. Yeah, there is they're, they're starting to sow the seeds of of what may be true in that Herbert is going to take on more of a role as the season goes on. Yeah, big adjustment there. So for the Chiefs, Isaiah Pacheco led in carries. Uh did have a touchdown on the ground as well. Clyde caught Edwards Alaire caught two touchdowns. Uh he was an even splitter receiving worked with McKinnon. And really the snap share was pretty even uh i think mckinnon was 28 pacheco was 25 and hilaire was also in that same range it was a blowout uh, pacheco's yeah pacheco's more in the second half yeah you had a blowout uh so again just another one to keep an eye on you had two productive backs there but when that snap share is pretty much split up in threes right now we're gonna keep watching that but Good showing for Pacheco. Yeah. Uh, on the wide receiver side of that game, by the way, Juju Smith-Schuster, eight targets to Hardman, six. Way, way more productive. 25% target share. You give me Juju with a 25% target share in this offense week in and week out. All about that one. Yes, and it's, He's and it's in a flanker role and not in a gadget 
five eight out roll like he had in his last couple of years with big bits is fucking this is what we want. And he was yeah. cheap because we yeah. kept punting the table for him. Love it. Punt this, pump this into my veins. For the Patriots, Jacoby Myers led the receivers. Uh backfield yeah. was pretty much a 50-50 split between Stevenson and uh Harris. However, with Ty Montgomery going down, uh Stevenson could be in line for more passing work. But speaking of the passing work, I mean, look at what Harris did. He was he led the freaking running backs and targets. Yes, he it's did. Like, what the hell happened? Yeah. So, you know, it was all Ramondre Stevenson. We heard all offseason being the third down back, being the pass catcher. And enough to be in Harris in week one. So it's like You've been everything Hazel. we've been talking about is thrown out the window. Yeah, it's, yep. that's fucking New England for you. Like, we, we don't learn anything about them until it's too late. <laughs> they only ran two <laughs> formations. The season. They ran two formations the whole game. Two? Two. Only two. Uh, Jets backfield, Carter... 100 scrimmage yards, 19 total running back targets for this team, 10 to Brees, 9 to Carter. Pretty much a straight 60-40 split from the snapshot perspective with the edge going to Michael Carter. Um, Both guys were productive with what they got. Carter a little bit more so on the ground, but both were productive through the air. So we'll just keep watching it. 60-40 split, though, right now, leaning towards Carter. Yeah, both players are are, are, are flex plays for as long as Flacco is the quarterback. Yep, yes. we'll see what happens. And then for Jacksonville, James Robinson, 11 carries, 66 yards, two total touchdowns, 52% snap share. Pretty even split between him and ETN, but Robinson much more productive. So, again, just things we're keeping an eye on week one and watching how they shift. Uh, it's important to know how these guys are being deployed because these are the guys that all sat in kind of that. It could be him. It might not be him type role. It's all the note. Robinson dominated the carries. Obviously, you can look at that, but routes run, ETN dominated ETN that. dominated that, yeah. And had the majority of the snaps and hurry up offense, a two minute drill. So, both players and ETN do not fade him this week against the Colts, who just gave it, up eight targets. Yeah, James Robinson shutting up some, uh, James Robinson shutting up some of that Achilles talk, too, huh? He's oh, yeah. all of, he's who, he is who we thought Akers, <laughs> he is who people wanted Akers to be. And, and ETN dropped is. two touchdowns too. Yeah, he dropped two, one. Two. I think he dropped two. I thought he dropped a deep Lawrence, one. That was Lawrence, easy. Lawrence missed some wide open, and then he dropped one, which was right in his hands. Like it was, it was bad. But yeah, womp 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 womp. Hey, good transition to Cam Akers though. Uh, worried segment. Couple guys that no showed that we got to talk about a little bit that were higher up picks. Cam Akers zero yards on three carries, sixteen percent snap share. I am nervous right I'm, now with him, but but I feel like it's going to transition up. I feel like it's going to start bouncing back just based on coach speak. I'm not super nervous about this just because I don't think Daryl Henderson's going to be week in, week out the guy. I think there is going to be opportunity for acres there. I'm not sure what if it was just a game script thing or what the reason was in this one where it was primarily Henderson or if it was just a hot hand approach. But, you know, I do think that there are better days ahead for this. I I think that you put him on your bench until he shows something, but you're not, yeah, you know, you're not in drop territory yet. You just can't can't start him. But I don't think that Henderson's going to hold this to himself the entire season. No, plus, and I mean, plus, oh, go ahead. No, I'm just there. You know, there's a video surfacing around of what looks to be Acres making 
a uh, a money decision on a pass block the guy through and it looked like he dodged it. I don't think he's healthy. I think we were kind of led to believe he was more healthy than he was. I think this was the call of that. And McVeigh has stated throughout the entire time of Henderson's career that he's not an he's not a weekend week out bell call. That's that's not what they want him to be. That's not the role that he was that's being destined that's being given to him. But he he was one of two players that looked good for the Rams last Thursday night. And you're you're not gonna get a harder matchup than Buffalo. So Yeah. And I think Akers also had an undisclosed injury too prior to the game. Or coming into the, the fact game. that he's still recovering from his Achilles here. I'm sure yeah, there's some uh residual. Yeah. Allen Robertson, ninety five percent snap show, two targets, one reception. Um, this has been talked about in all corners of the internet. Uh first thing, my first takeaway from this though is that a lot of you Facebook and Twitter analysts don't know what the hell zone coverage is. He was so open. Now there's three linebackers underneath of him that are going to jump that pass as soon as Stafford lets it go, and he's running for his life. Exactly. Well, that that that's just it right there. Stafford's running for his life. Yeah. You're you're not going to throw it that way, and especially if you throw it that way, the linebackers are looking right at your eyes. They know exactly what you're getting ready to do. So right. it makes total sense. And there's three underneath in one picture, and another one there's bracket coverage on him, and he's open. Now that corner is breaking as soon as that ball comes out. Yeah, that and and I it, I I swore I saw something on Twitter where he where Stafford talked about post game that they were expecting more man and that's the only reason why that Robinson didn't get the ball more is because they played zone like mm-hmm. it, it was basically stated that they they played like like man like full on managed coverage like twice like I couldn't find it so you know don't vet me on it but. I mean, Robinson's game is, you know, predicated on one-on-one coverage on the and outside. beating one guy because and he doesn't one separate guy. well. No, no um, not at all. Now, there were definitely throws where he was open, but the other thing, too, is that, you know, you're looking for your hot read. It's usually not the outside guy. Cut no. plays a slot. So, you know, I again, I think this will get better. The Bills are a tough, tough defense. Um, and the Rams but, didn't play any starters in preseason, right? So this is going to be a slow burn. I do think this will get better though, um, and we'll we'll keep an eye on it week to week and see what happens there. Mark Cooper three receptions, seventeen yards on six targets. Some of those throws run Brissett on that, so yeah. I think it's an easy pass on that. At least he got six targets in an ugly game. But Jacoby Brissett ain't going anywhere, at least the first part of the season. And you've got, you know, a little bit of carryover. It's got to feel like deja vu carrying over from Dallas with this game. So, you (laughs) know, if you're sick of Amari Cooper right now, I don't think a lot of people can blame you. He hasn't had value now for half a season and week one. Yeah, it's not... uh... It's not good. I mean, I don't think any of the three of us are high at him, especially after the Watson news. And we got everything, you know, you know, we got all the info that we needed on that front. I know I wasn't anyway. Cleveland was always a wait and see type of wide receiver room for me. Yeah, it, it's yeah. Um, just because the offense they want to run too doesn't really produce. I do, I do expect some better days like Robinson. I mean, again, week one is the bar. We don't do victory last, so we don't overreact. Or, or I guess underreact too much. So it's, uh, yep. 
a bench. He'll go where Robinson goes. Uh, Adam Thielen, 36 yards. He wasn't part of the game script. This the game, the game script was the Vikings were Justin Jefferson for a this, lot of it, and it was all Justin Jefferson. This, I mean, again, you know, we kind of saw this, and I wish I would have paid more attention to it, but we saw the same thing with Robert Woods last year when Kevin O'Connell, you know, designed the plays that they do. Yes, Big Face, the one that calls them, but you know. Obviously, Jefferson's taking on the cup role. He's playing more inside, more outside, you know, or he's playing more inside, less outside, too. And a guy like Thielen, it's supposed to take on the number two spot. Woods really wasn't hyper productive. It, it was more touchdown field, but he had games that looked exactly like this, where Jefferson goes for well over a buck 50, a couple touchdowns, while Thielen just kind of dis. You know, does this thing and we all and I think you guys will agree that KJ Osborne is a better number three so there's again yeah. more competition it's not Jefferson's competition now it may be Thielen versus Osborne I think what it was right now in this one though too is that if your first read's open which is probably normally Jefferson <laughs> you don't gotta go to the second read all dude yeah all, all day long and this I, was a blowout uh, you're gonna have to have somebody take away oh Justin Jefferson before or a closer game script. There are better days ahead for Thielen, too. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, this was purely game script. It was a blowout. Well, I mean, and that, and it was, it was all a Jefferson show. Like, I think the Vikings are going to start seeing, you know, a little more cover, too. Yeah. Moving forward. And then Hunter Renfro, three receptions for 21 yards. So I love Hunter Renfro, but this is, this was always a concern for me, bringing Adams in and, you know, having Waller there because I mean, look, the guy you lost last year that I mean, Waller got hurt and then you had the rug situation last year that led to Hunter Renfro getting a ton of target volume. Problem now is that you got Devontae Adams there who's going to require double digit targets a game. And you've got Darren Waller there who pretty much commands double digit targets a game. And then you basically have 10 to 15 targets just spread around everybody else. I mean, and, and, it's it's Waller and Renfro are the same amount of targets. Renfro didn't do as much with it, but I mean, even even <laughs> but that's still, the thing. Though, like that's a- it's Adams, literally Adams. Yeah, and Adams being there basically is just you know that throws cold water on on Hunter Renfro, and that's that was always my fear with him this season is that he had a great year last year because they had to rely on him, but you know with Adams there they don't. Yeah, and I, 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 I again, I still expect better days. Ed, oh, go ahead, Ryan. Sorry. Yeah, I say he could, he could be having a boom bust wide receiver three days coming. Especially this, uh, I actually like him this week. I think he can actually. There's not a lot boom. of boom bust a hunter in for his game. He's, he, it's no, it's he's unfortunately booming. his role is uh, he doesn't get the deep shots. Waller, Waller, we like, got to see more of the boom bust games and Waller. There's little pop rocks. You get it. Um, the Fourth of July that you throw on the ground and they kind of pop and make a little spark. <laughs> Sometimes they don't. <laughs> Sometimes they He's don't. Like, but, I got yeah. a god fuck. <laughs> and you like throw them at your friends and stuff. Yeah, that's hey, Hunter Renfro. That's a, bo- a, Hunter a box Renfro. of Hunter Renfros. That's a Hunter Renfro boom. Oh my god, that's funny. I like it. All right, couple guys to keep an eye on. We're gonna go with a watch list claim or pass on this one, real quick. Uh, Marcus Mariota, three hundred total yards and a rushing touchdown, seventy-two yards on the ground. 
new streamer. If you yeah, I streamed this week. Yeah, it's fine. He's a streamer. I'm claiming that in Superflex for sure. Mm-hmm. If he's going to put up lines like that. Uh, Cordero Patterson, 136 total yards and touchdown. He's not on waivers, but. No Damian Williams hurt. Yeah. And Tyler Algier is, you know, fifth round rookie. It should be. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be active. Should be the Patterson. Yeah, God, if he's not active, he should be. If he's not, that's an even worse sign for Algier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donovan Peoples Jones, eleven targets, sixty-six yards. Pass that. Passing on yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I'm not jumping on that right like now. Like the targets, but I, I, I expect would, a little bit more. Expect a little more chemistry from, you know, from Brissett and and, and Cooper. I don't think we're going to see eleven targets a lot from DBJ. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably claim it just to see rather than get caught with my pants down. It's early in the season. There are enough guys on your roster that did nothing in week one. So what you're saying is you're not spending 90% of your fat budget on them. <laughs> no. <laughs> you should spend the opposite of that. Maybe 10, maybe. I would probably do like. And 10 a bit high for me. I'd yeah. I wouldn't throw a lot out there on it. Or even if waivers run and he's left alone, uh, because yeah, it, it was a quiet, a lot of targets, but um, I think I would claim it. Um, you know, I could say that about these next couple guys that I would claim it and just see, right? I sure. mean, Peoples Jones, new quarterback, he gets 11 targets. Robbie Anderson, eight targets, 102 yards, and a touchdown with Baker. Something to pay attention to. Big play for him. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's Robbie Anderson's mold. So, yeah. And that's Robbie Anderson's mold. He will disappear at times. You kind of know what he is. Yeah. Noah Brown getting his first real shot. Uh, he tied for the uh, team team leading target. Yeah, second on the team behind CD Lamb. Uh, they had nine targets apiece, I believe. Uh, sixty-eight yards, five receptions for Noah Brown. Uh, led the team in yardage. Nah, no Dak, no interest. I like. We I saw how bad that off- can do. We uh, saw yeah, how bad I'm, that offense was but three years I'm ago gonna, when Dak got hurt. But I'm going to go the other way with this, right? Noah Brown has been a a cowboy now for what he was drafted super young and twenty super old in four years seventeen yeah that was so I actually liked him then yeah for whatever reason well no we we both it did works. because yeah. when we watched film we just said he should have stayed in college and the Cowboys have held on to him that whole time which means he's been working on the scout team and on second string with Cooper Rush the whole time Cooper Rush has been there too there is chemistry there with those two I'm not saying. It, that's just me personally. I like again. I if you want to do the same thing with like DBJ, like if you just want to pick yeah. him up for cheap, that fine. That's I wouldn't like, just throw him at the end of your bench stash. I'm I not spending like, claims out there on him everywhere. I lost Keenan Allen and Chris Godwin. Yeah, I, I mean, if you're if you're waiver claims, like you're, if you're not doing fab, I would not waste a high waiver claim on Noah Brown. And just it was fab. I don't see but... the upside. What's oh, well, Fab's different, right? But if you're playing in the traditional waiver claim, you know, world, which you shouldn't be. But if you are, I would not waste a high waiver. Well, and these are all guys like if you got a spot, right? Because you're that too. If you are a Chris Godwin, a Keenan Allen, you know, manager or an Elijah Mitchell manager, you're gonna have spots because you're stat you're about to throw them on IR. So you're gonna have spots. Um DJ Chark, eight targets, fifty-eight yards and a touchdown. I'm not panicking. This isn't a panic. This is watch. Panic. Are you watch listing him? Or are you claiming him? Or are you passing on it? I, 
I'm claiming numbers him. look good, man. Ninety five percent, you know. Yeah, like he was pretty. He's pretty much on the field for every play. Yeah, I would. He, I would take it. He should have been drafted in most leagues, anyways. Yeah. That's the best part is that he wasn't. He wasn't. Yeah, and he it was, was a cheap double digit pick because the offense he was on. He was a poor man's Christian Kurt that also yeah. doesn't play in the slot, but <laughs> so different, different, but different same. game, different but the same. <laughs> uh, OJ Howard, two touchdowns right off the street. Hell no, no. I'm I'm dodging it like a bullet. Twelve percent snap share ran six routes. There's they like, just signed him on Thursday. I hundred percent touchdown rate though in every yeah. catch. Come on, don't wait till someone like, picks I, him up this I, week, I, drops <laughs> him in two weeks or next week, and then you pick him up. As he starts, how to much get more of the more. offense could he have learned to sign him on Thursday? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't expect him for more than but, a small package. But of that's plays. the thing again, let somebody else pick him up as he's still learning the offense. He's not going to score two touchdowns every game, he'll get dropped. And then as he gets more acclimated into the offense and obviously, you know, sees the field more, then you pick him up. Yeah, he's probably going to put up two points this next week. Yeah, he and will. Then that's he the that sounds well, like an OJ Brown world. He's tight die. ends that aren't studs right this is kind of what you get uh let's see ravens Kenyon drake with the backfield no jk dobbins but jk dobbins just returned to practice so yeah keep an eye on that i guess devin duvernay two touchdowns only four targets but uh bateman had five but two touchdowns for duvernay so a little nice little floor player to watch yeah we'd love to see the targets go up but he's the clear number two I was shocked. Only twenty one percent from the slot this week. That was a little, yeah. a little surprised. I, I thought he, would, he worked more, but the Ravens will run a lot of the three counts, so makes sense. As long as Joe Flacco's around, Corey Davis uh, <laughs> sent out to pasture for a lot of Elijah Moore. Led the team targets, nine targets, six receptions, seventy seven yards. Yeah, Wilson also had a nice. I mean, Flacco throws the ball fifty nine times. You expect a lot of guys to have you know passable days. Good numbers. Yeah, but Davis, I agree. Put a little watch list on him as long as Flacco's playing. Yep. Just pay attention to that. Because remember, he's yeah a highly talented, formerly formerly productive wide receiver that went to the Jets. So uh, Richie James led the Giants wide receivers with six targets. I am not interested in anything with no. Them Just right one now. Giants player you want to be interested Saquon in. Saquon Barkley, and that's and, it. And that's his yeah. name. <laughs> Don't and worry. We'll get, and we'll get to no. him in just a second. Yeah. Uh, Zay Jones, nine targets, six receptions, 65 yards, second on the team. I love it. I think Don't they're, they're watch. a lot. That's why, as Ryan said, just uh, it's not going to be Christian Kurtz and Travis Etienne. Yeah, that's got to be a watch list because Absolutely. the they're going to have to throw. Zay, Zay Jones kind of came into his own at the end of last year. So, what does Dead May Never Die? Uh, Curtis Samuel, 11 targets, 8 receptions, 55 yards and a touchdown, led the commanders in targets. And, and he also rushed the ball, too. In a game in which they had control of for most of it until the end. Uh, uh, something to what, watch. Something to watch. Is, this is the hype that Curtis Samuel's been getting since he went over there, and he's been not healthy. So, Also, if you got McLaurin. Watch out! Targets. This is this is clearly the most competition. If he's going to become, you know, boom bust in terms of touchdowns and not get the targets that he's been normally getting because his competition is actually healthy, Hopper yeah. is going to be Hopper's Hopper's going to be. When you sold him for that second, I thought that was a little low, and it might actually come out to be a okay. 
We'll say pick 13 because it was at, was it just for a was. second or did I end up doing something else? It was just for a second. It was pick 13, though. That's what it, it was. It was pick 13. So in a 14 plus league, it's still a first round pick, <laughs> <laughs> which is a good way to look at it. Yes. But watch I this. I don't remember who I turned that into either. I will tell you. Well, you looked that up. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely something worth watching. Uh, real quick rookie check-in, Chris Olave, three targets. Look, you're not freaking out about any of these rookies yet. We're going to pay attention to some of the better performances, the not great performances. You are not freaking out about any of this yet. It's the week one of their NFL career. Hey, uh, look what Justin Jefferson did a few years ago. He he did it, and then he took off. Jonathan Taylor, same thing. You yeah. took you took John Mechie with pick 13. Oh. Hey. We'll see. Whoops. Not his fault. That's not a no one's fault I mean, there. There's no there's that's that was your guy. Unfortunate situation. So yeah. we'll, that was your guy. We'll see. And you took him, and that's completely fine. Yeah, and we'll see what happens. This is the right situation. Nobody knew that you know, dude's not exactly injury prone. Nobody knew what he was gonna come down with. So. But it, it was over Dotson. Yeah. Whatever that's worth. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Talk, talk we'll to me see. In, talk to me in three years. Um well, I, I, I'd hope so, but yeah. Alave, I can't make a promise. Alave, three targets. Pickens, three targets. James Cook, fumbled, not noticeable. Sky Moore, one target. Uh, Rashad White, 21 total yards. He did mix in as the guy that was spelling Leonard Fournette. So we'll keep an eye on that. As Walk we like wide. to say here, he's one injury away. I mean, uh, he did exactly what we thought he'd do. Yep. Jalen Tolbert was inactive. That's not a great start. Alec Pierce, two targets and a drop. So all of those guys. Protocol. Yep. So all those guys kind of just debuts to forget. Now, last four guys. Um, and my apologies to Isaiah Pacheco. That also should have been here. Uh, not quite as bad. Packers rookies, five targets for Dabs, four targets for Watson. Uh, you know, for rookies. 37 and 34 yards pretty even um it's not nothing uh garrett wilson eight targets four receptions 52 yards nice solid little start he had a good game eight targets is good volume um they did again throw 50 plus times but you know good volume for him kyle phillips look led the team in receiving the peripherals look great. Yeah. Obviously, you know, from a target per route run, things look fantastic. He he didn't run a whole lot of routes compared to the two starters. Three starters, I think. I think he's number four. But something to look out for because he was there. He was basically the run throw for, you know, from last year for Derek Carr when it came to crunch time. Hell, rookie year Cooper Cup or and Kyle, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. That, no, that's kind of about how Cup got started. So I'm not making that comparison, right? Cup was it, and no, worldly Cup was a starter right but, away, but and he and like he was productive against better competition too, yeah. like with better competition on his team. Yep. So just something to keep an eye on with Phillips, especially when you get towards Week Four, if he's still getting this target volume, and you start to need those plug-in guys. Um, Jahan Dotson, five targets, three receptions, 40 yards, two touchdowns. Thorne and McLaurin side. 
pretty pretty good start there. A uh, little bit touchdown driven, but like, solid starts for those guys. I mean, he was. It's also the starter. I still take Samuel over him though. Well, we're not completely different roles. Like he, yeah. like like it's him in Mc, it's him versus McLaurin for the yeah. outside yeah. targets. I'm saying like a fancy if you're doing like a waiver. Or you well, I take Samuel over. Yeah. Yes, I, yeah. I, yeah. I yeah. sure, sure. I would too. I think the difference is is that Samuel might be more likely to be on waivers than Dotson. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good question. Probably um, equal. See if you can find that. Couple storylines. Uh, we'll skip over Seahawks clock management in the interest of time. Saquon Barkley. Uh, shout out to him. He looks like his old self. 194 scrimmage yards and a touchdown. Uh, first time he's looked that explosive in years. Really since his rookie season. So, uh, that was great to see. And you're gonna have yourself a hell of a value if he keeps that up. Think I was pounding the table for him. We we tried, guys. We tried. I think we he tried keeps it up with you guys. We tried to tell you to take Barkley. Don't just third round, second round, even back in first. Just take Barkley. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, he listened. No victory laps yet. Not but... victory laps. Not yet. yet, but pretty good start. We're, we're stretching for it. <laughs> pretty he, good start. You can start victory lapping in week four. That's the rule. <laughs> <laughs> After week four, we'll see. He does this, you know, two more weeks in a row. Uh, yep. I may jump Any, the gun a little bit. Anybody can have a good week. You gotta get some trends. That's right. No, I'm not saying that about Barkley, though. I think he does keep up a high level of productivity. I think he's got a chance to get himself right and get himself healthy. So barring another Brian injury. Dabble. Shout out to Dabble too, man. Shout out with, to the Dabble. Gutsy, with the gutsy two point conversion. And then gets Love it. Love it, dude. That was gutsy two point conversion. And he did a really good Titans impression here by you know just not having a great team, but having a stud running back and finding a way to win. God, God made Daniel Jones look respectable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oof. Uh, Packers and Rams duds. Are we concerned about either offense? Ask me again in like two weeks. If it's this bad, then yeah, I'll be concerned. I'd yeah. be more concerned about the Packers given the lack of proven weaponry there. But Rogers, Rogers retires halfway through the season. Yeah. God, I hope I'm praying that they just go like I. I they're gonna beat the Bears, but God, if the Bears beat them, oh, I oh God, so I'm telling you, I'm putting a little money on the Bears money line, even though I, I have no f- actual faith in that happening. But after all this shit, he's talked. God, if he loses to the Bears, mm-hmm. he could retire. He could just say fuck it. Just, like Rogers has that added. I, I swear to God, I think he could do that just if they gone. start out really bad. It just say fuck it, I'm done. Yeah. Little Antonio Brown out of the stadium. <laughs> just takes, <laughs> just uh, takes his shirt off and just fucking walks out <laughs> in the middle of the play. He says, "Fuck it, I'm out." It's all your Jordan love. All right, and then upsets. Uh, Browns, Bears, Steelers, Houston—they tied. Giants, Seahawks. You buying any of these teams at all to be better than we thought they were yet? I mean, Browns were favored, but. No, I'm still looking. No, at not 100%. yet. The Bears, you, it's hard to really actually do anything with that game with it being a monsoon game. Mm-hmm. It is great. Hey, Justin Fields didn't play great, but dude found a way to win. That's that. I don't care what the weather looks like. That 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 means something. Opportunistic defensive plays too at the Jalen Johnson fumble and the Eddie Jackson interception. Yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh should have lost that game. 
fucking five turnovers they forced and barely won. Mm-hmm. Fuck them. They're going to be terrible. Uh, Giants, I think, are the ones that could be better than expected. Good coaching goes a long way. Uh, yeah. Seattle just caught the perfect Denver time. Like we talked about it last week when we talked about the game preview. It it it, it was there is they were always a little concerning, right? Whole new whole new coaching staff, you know, brand new quarterback. They also didn't play the, a lot of their starters in preseason. It was lined up for you know for Seattle to take advantage of that at home and win the only important game that most Seahawks fans want this year, and that's this week one. Indeed. All right, uh, Dan, I'll kick it over to you. Let's go ahead and start this little rundown here. All right. right. Let's go. Let's do it. Thursday night, Chiefs versus Chargers. Chiefs at home. Chiefs are four and a half point favorites. Game total is at 53 and a half. Chiefs look absolutely dominant against the Cardinals this past week. Chargers did what Chargers do against the Raiders. Always close. I like the Chiefs at four and a half. I thought maybe this would open up at five, five and a half, and you get a little bit extra on top. Um, look, you know, Chiefs are rolling. You know, this is the first time since Patrick Mahomes, you know, I took over for the team that there there wasn't as much lofty expectations. And I think they took, I think like Michael Jordan said, they took that pretty personally. So I, I, I like the Chiefs to cover and, I don't love the game total here. High game total in a short week for both teams. Uh, Chargers did lose Keenan Allen. I I would not. I would take the under on this. Fantasy perspective, looking at the Chargers, Austin Eckler is an obvious one. Justin Herbert's an obvious one. Wide receivers get a little dicey. There's not a clear answer here for the absence of of Keenan Allen. They're going to spread the ball around. Now, the good news is, is that if this game's close, it'll be a shootout. If it's a blowout, I anticipate it's going to be because the Chiefs are up. Um, so, you know, if you need, because there have been a couple key wide receiver injuries at this point, um, you know, you can lean Mike Williams, who should find himself again. Um, Hopefully. And, uh, you know, Josh Palmer, DeAndre Carter. Again, a lot of things spread around. The one beneficiary I do see here is probably Gerald Everett. Donald Parham's not going to play again. Um, and Everett did put together a pretty nice game at the tight end position. So he could be really the biggest beneficiary of the Keenan Allen absence, especially working over the middle in the seams. I agree. I like On it. the Chiefs side of it, we just talked about the running backs. That's a bit of a crapshoot there. They're all splitting at 33%. Pacheco got in late. Uh Juju Smith-Schuster, Travis Kelsey, with confidence. Um, you could even make a run at Miko Hardman, who did have the target volume, although Chargers have a, a good defense. So I would just say, don't get cute there. Uh, if you do need one of the running backs, Pacheco was the most productive, for whatever that's worth. But Edwards Alaire, involved in the receiving game, did catch a couple touchdowns. You could be okay with either of them in an RB3 type role. And in DFS perspective, I like uh, Isaiah Pacheco because you can only do the, what is it? Single game Thursday showdown. Yeah. Yep. And where you do like the select captain and all that. Yeah. And you have Pacheco coming in at, uh, what was it? What did I see him at? 6,600 bucks. So that's not a bad one to start playing with as you're trying to build your lineup. But for sure, I mean, if I were to build this lineup, I would be definitely trying to figure out how to get Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert, who are the two highest dollar players somehow in that lineup because I feel like it's just going to be a, like a back and forth game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. 
Commanders at the Lions. Lions, point and a half point favorites. 48 and a half is the game total. Um, it, <sighs> Lions to cover. They played um, Philly really hard. They did. Uh, it got ugly, and then they made it not ugly. And um, Washington is not Philly, not even close. Uh, the fact that this is 48 and a half is, it seems a little eyebrow raising. I don't think both offices are, are, are full in, are full in check. Swift's a little banged up and Wentz is literally just a coin flip and what he's going to be that game. So I'd take the under more so than anything here and just maybe skip Eagles lions is the highest scoring game of last week. Anybody predict that one? No, no. Was it them? Yeah, it was. Wasn't the Chiefs and it wasn't the Chiefs and Cardinals? No, the Cardinals didn't no, hold up their end. They had sixty-five. Oh, it was seventy-three for the Eagles and Lions. Ah, oh, nice. Good for so, them. Huge games for there. Look, both offenses came out and put on uh, a bit of a good show. Um, in in week one, you had four touchdowns from from Carson Wentz. The Jaguars were able to keep pace. This is another game that I like to be sneaky, sneaky good from a points perspective and sneaky, sneaky good from a fantasy perspective based on what we saw in week one. Eagles hung 30, 38 on the Lions. Um, Jaguars put up 22 on the Commanders. And, you know, you had fantasy productivity all around in these games. So, you know, Carson Wentz, if you need a quarterback stream because maybe you lost Dak, I'm streaming him a couple places. 300-plus yards, four-touchdown performance, rolling three viable receivers out there, plus a running back who he got very involved in the receiving game. You know, you could do a lot worse than that. I think that you've got touchdown upside with Dotson. You can go ahead and chase the productivity from from Curtis Samuel, and Antonio Gibson's firmly going to be an RB2, especially given that receiving upside on the commander's side. On the Lions' side, the Monra picked up right where he left off. He's not going to give you a lot of boom, but he is highly efficient. Um, DJ Chark is going to see some work in this one. And I think that a similar stat line is not out of the realm of possibility there. And DeAndre Swift, monster, monster game. It's an ankle injury. It's early in the week. Um, you know, keep an eye on that as the, the week progresses, but there's a lot of guys, you know, in training camp that were banged up. That's going to continue through the first couple weeks of the season. Uh, so don't be super concerned there. If anything is wrong, obviously Jamal Williams is a plug and play handcuff. Uh, but yeah, I I think this game is actually sneaky, sneaky good from a fantasy perspective based on what we saw in week one. I hope it holds off like that. Because especially in DFS, you had Jared Goff coming at fifty four hundred dollars compared to Carson Wentz at fifty eight hundred. So who would you two who would you guys feel better playing at with on that one? I'd probably go Wentz. It'd be Wentz. I, I, I mean, if you're building game stacks here, you're obviously going to play on both sides. You can, you know, if you're going to build, you know, from the Goff's perspective, I'm sure it'll be a little bit cheaper. Not a game. I personally wouldn't target this game heavily, but I definitely want some exposure to it. Yeah. The one player I'd definitely go after would be TJ Hawkinson. He's coming at 4,700. He's probably the one I'd really go after just because based on value. Because everyone else kind of goes, like, you know, DJ Sharks 5,100, then I'm on Ron St. Brown's kind of price out of range where I feel comfortable playing at 6,500. He's 65? Yeah. Ooh. 
So he's getting it's got to be now. top fifteen, and that's got to that's that's. It sounds good, but it's getting a little bit. It depends, and it depends on the players in this range. We don't got to go too what's, deep into it. But what's Shark at? Sharks at fifty one hundred. Actually, it's don't, still affordable. I don't hate that. Yeah, but, but the better value I think would be on the other side is getting Curtis Samuel at forty six hundred. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Especially if you get that target volume again. Yeah. And the and the, like the junior type of like Debo Samuel runs like if they ever get anywhere near that close to that goal line, and they don't have Antonio Gibson to run it in. I would be surprised if it was Curtis Samuel to do it. That's true. Could be. All right, moving on. Jets at the Browns. Browns six and a half point favorites. Uh, forty and a half is the game total here. I uh, I I want. I don't see how the Browns are getting this much points, which is co- just Jacoby. I take the Jets to cover this game, and and I stay away from the from the game totals. Pretty ugly. Um, not entirely sure how the game script is going to go based on what Vegas thinks. It should be Cleveland, you know, pretty comfortably. But I, after what we saw against Carolina, I don't know how anyone can think that uh, they should have any fa- games favored with percent over even three and a half. This is. I'll take I'll take the little bit of the gift the Jets give here. Who looked who looked kind of competitive before the game got out of reach against Baltimore. It wasn't the worst looking game at halftime. Yeah. Um fantasy wise for this one, we'll start with the Jets side. Both backs, especially in PPR. Um Flacco's gonna target the hell out of those checkdowns, especially against Brown. Yeah, defense it's that's pretty decent. There's gonna be a good amount of that going on. I don't want to chase the wide receivers for the Jets. We just talked about Corey Davis, but I just, like I mentioned, the Browns do have a decent defense. Um, you know, Flacco, not necessarily going to be tearing it up on the outside. You know, you did get a solid game from, from Corey Davis last week, but it wasn't anything to write home about. And you can afford, it's not going to be anything where we're like, oh my God, I sat him. I feel bad that I sat him. Um, on the Brown side, you know, I do think you could see similar target volume for Peoples Jones if you believe that 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 connection is real. Um, I do like that start a little bit more than than Corey Davis. Um, and other than that, it's the running backs. It's a pretty lackluster game. Basically, you got four running backs in this one that you can start though, so that's good, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, DFS is the same perspective. The only thing I'm going after would be the Jets, and the it's Carter and Hall. Fifty two hundred bucks a piece, so we can move on to the next game on this one. I don't want anything yeah, else to do with it. Hunt and Chubb are going to be priced up, so yeah, they're over. Hunt's the cheapest at sixty six hundred. So, uh, before we move on, question: Yes, finally, right. Love ourselves some questions. This is from Kevin D. He's asking if he should trade Antonio Gibson and Christian Kurt for CD Lamb. Right no. now, he has. Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, Cooper Cup, Mark Andrews, Jalen Waddle, Godwin, and T. Higgins. It's a two-point PPR league, ten ten-team league. I like uh, the idea of trading Antonio Gibson in the first handful of weeks before Brian Robinson gets back. Um, I don't know that I like giving up both of them for C.D. Lamb with an injured Dak early on, and that's a short-sighted take, though. Uh, but 
you know, even before Dak got hurt. See, I don't know. It is a top 10 wide receiver, but I also still feel like with Jacksonville flying from behind, Christian Kirk is a sneaky, you know, top 14, 15 wide receiver. I just don't think Lamb is the underperforming receiver, and he didn't really underperform. He just lost his starting quarterback that I want to yeah. target. I mean, it's I, – I don't hate the fact that I, – I don't think Brian Robinson is going to be much of a thing to Gibson – even when he comes back early on, it's got to take a bit. We have no clue if he'll, he'll even be back before week five. Um, The encouragement of Gibson in, in a pretty neutral game scripts, even with a healthy J.D. McKissick. I, 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 I would sell Gibson after this week. He, he, I think he's going to go mean, on the Lions. And I think if he goes out, I mean, like, yeah, I, I think... mean, what, why, why are we, why would you sell Gibson? Especially if Robinson's not going to be back to at least week five, and even if he does come back, because, be this productive uh, yeah. in a neutral game. Like I know he's not playing right. Jacksonville every week, but it's like, well, he it, dominated it, the carries and he dominated the targets. Well, yeah, because field. there's no Brian Robinson, and if you or Brian if you Robinson's just, not going to take the targets away, that's not going to be McKissick's role. That would be McKissick, but are we just going to forget the whole preseason narrative? Because it's not like you know the Pierce narrative where that fell off right i mean dude got shot in the leg you don't know where the hell they were going with it so fine but I, he still has to recover like he's so right sadly and, enough and, he still got shot in the leg and right now everything i've seen says that week five is very realistic now does he come back and immediately get on that no but gibson was in the doghouse right you don't want to wait until it's until it's too late, because even if he's not a huge threat, he's gonna catch, get into a lot. Now, I agree with you. I don't hate this trade, but I don't necessarily like this trade right now because I think there's gonna be a point where you can probably pull at least another player back on the other side with Gibson and Kirk included in that. Yeah. Oh, I like CD Lamb. Uh, he's not up at elite tier though and basically what you're giving up for that right now is you know rb2 high-end wide receiver too i don't know it isn't even trade i guess but i feel like the value on gibson's gonna go higher over the next couple weeks exactly i i yeah i mean if you're gonna move gibson moving him after this week's not the move you're gonna still get the value in return to at least week five so week four would be where you start looking to make that move. Week three at the earliest, at least see, because he can only keep rising if he keeps if he keeps performing well, and then it's going to be they're going to get even higher value. You're going to be able to move on to somebody that's a little bit safer and have a higher ceiling than CD Lamb. And you know, I I don't hate people wanting to move off Kurt, you know, for the chance to really really you know value boom it. And he said that he's looking for it, you know, as a long term play. Aaron Jones and Joe Mixon are his running backs. Aaron Jones, like, I'm not concerned, but the he fact that he his one a, role that he was supposed split. to dominate over Dylan, he Dylan actually had over him in his target share. That's that's a little like, scary now. Something yeah. to, to something to monitor. So I I I wouldn't trade Gibson now, but I I don't I don't hate the fact that you want to try to move up from it, but. Yeah. I just don't think Lamb's the guy I want to target. As much as I love Lamb, I just that Dallas offense is going to be bad 
Yeah, I don't know which short term, you know, and that's I think that's where I'm struggling here, right? Because it doesn't feel lopsided to me looking at it short term. It's like, okay, that might be a little ugly looking at that long term. You know, that could end up really, really good, especially when, you know, if that gets back and Lamb has, you know, some semblance of the season he was last year and, you know, Robinson gets back and fuck. Robinson gets back and Gibson falls off. So I, yeah, well then, and it's like, you still got to win those games too. If you make that trade, I mean, he lost Godwin potentially may lose, you know, Higgins. It's, you know, depth can go very quickly when you start big two for one deals, which is a great move to make, but mm -hmm. more later move to make when you're not losing people to injury, when you're losing people to injury, you need your depth and you're, your roster gets less deep and less flexible by yeah. shipping those two out. Yeah. Just, just it gets more top heavy. Yeah. It's a good move to make trade deadline when you're trying to, you know, when you can, like, even if you inch into the playoffs, it doesn't matter. You made your team better after week one, where you still have a lot of regular season fantasy to play and you're losing players already. Yeah. This is something I would revisit closer to, you know, yeah. week four, week five time frame. Right. The value right now, you can get it. Moving on. Good good question. And keep them on there. We'll be on here every you know Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, primarily Wednesday. Um, you know, for your questions. Thanks, Kevin. Uh Bucks at the Saints, Bucks, two and a half point favorites on the road. A 44 and a half is the game total. I feel like Saints at home, we know that Brady has, I guess, struggled in the couple of years he's played with the Bucks against the Saints for whatever reason. He just can't beat them in New Orleans. Um, not going to fall into that narrative, though. Saints looked impressive-ish. Offense looked better. Um, the defense giving up that many points to Atlanta it has me a little concerned. I don't think the loss of Godwin's should make this that that close of a spread. I'll take uh, I'll take Tampa Bay in the points. But uh, I kind of like the over. The Saints are going to show up on offense that well. 44 and a half points feels like a good mark that this game should be implied close. So I'll take Tampa Bay and spread and I'll take the over. Yeah, for this one, the Bucks kind of a lackluster performance against a very, very good Dallas defense, except, you know, from a points total perspective anyway. But you know, Godwin was on a pretty decent pace. Julio had a couple big plays, and Fournette was on a absolute tear. So for this one, I think you just run it back with your uh with your with your Bucks offense. You know, Cordero Patterson tore them up on the ground, and that's great news for Leonard Fournette, who's a much better running back. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, you're Go ahead and run Julio. Go ahead and run Evans and, you know, potentially even Russell Gage because my take on this also is that if the Saints offense, who is going to get a better defense this time, um, can produce, then this game is going to be close. Um, For the Saints, you could make the argument to put both Thomas and Landry back in and I think that you do I think that you chase that after what you saw from them because they were both productive let them shit the bed but those are both good enough performances or you don't want those riding on your bench if 
you know, that is for real that they're going to have two productive wide receivers every week. Other than that, it's Kamara from them. Uh, you know, I'm not quite ready to look at Jameis as a streamer, especially given how good the Tampa Bay secondary is. But I don't think you can risk having a, a Landry or a Thomas performance like last week sitting on your bench. So you start both of them. Well, definitely. And that's same, yeah. And that's the same perspective in like uh, DFS too. the way you said it with the wide receivers of Thomas and Landry, I would exactly put them in too, because you got Michael Thomas coming in at 5,800 and Landry at a freaking astonishing, like 5,000. So he's an easy plug and play right away. If you think that, Momentum will continue because he led the team in targets and yards in that yep. game last week. So if you think that can keep going on with Jameis Winston, I mean, why not? That's you should you could easily get 20 points out of that, and that's a hell of a return on value. And then looking at the other side, I'd probably go Julio Jones at 5,500, just based on get on once again what he did last week. You know, we're trying to run off base off what we all saw in week one. So bear with us on this part because it's kind of hard trying to piece it all together until we have more weekly history going along here. Right. And you see what they do against good defenses and bad defenses. And that's the thing with the saints offense, Played a bad defense. You know, we know what their defense is because they played what should have been, or, you know, trending at least because they played what should have been a bad offense. Right. And got especially torn up on the ground. But so, you know, that that's good news for Fournette. but yeah, the saints, offense this is going to kind of be a test to say all right where are they really going to be i agree all right we got a question again jd jd what's up jd what's up buddy ryan lion fan over here i'm sure you know oh that jd that yeah, jd, JD. JD Hunter, i know that jd now. He, that jd he might yeah. actually rival you on on long-term listener he definitely beats you on on asking questions but you're, you're on the show it's so it's okay. His yeah, question I, I've, is: I've trumped him now. Yeah. <laughs> His question is: Raheem Mostert or Tyler Boyd in PPR? And I, 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 I think it's pretty easy to me. It's Boyd. It's Boyd. Boyd. Higgins. Uh, we're unsure. He's he's limited in practice. I don't know if he's made it through concussion protocol yet. He hasn't. Um, he hasn't. And, so, and, but even if he does, it's. I think it's still. Matchup would Boyd. lean towards Boyd. Seattle or yeah. Cincinnati gets uh, Dallas on the road and Miami gets Baltimore. Look, the Jets, yeah, 19 targets to running backs is great. I don't think that's just because they played Baltimore. Um, and it was the Chase Edmonds show also in Miami. So I, I, I think it's Boyd pretty easily. All right. Moving on. Panthers at the Giants. 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 Favorite? Favorites. Favorites. A point and a half to get the road. They oh, get the home advantage on the on the spread here. Forty three and a half is the game total. Um, Baker's, uh, you know, Baker's um, rival game or uh, his revenge game got got spoiled late. But uh, look, he also didn't look the sharpest. The whole the whole Panthers team did not look great. But this is probably going to be. The battle of the running backs and Barkley and McCaffrey. Um, I don't, I don't know who wins this game. I don't. I think Dabble is the reason why the Giants are even favorite. Um, I just, I'm going to take the under. I think there's going to be a lot of running of the football, a lot of bleeding of the clock. Um, both teams. I know the Panthers had a big play from Robbie Anderson, who is now hurt potentially. Um, 
both teams don't live off big plays, what the running backs do. In games like this, it could be a while to even see a big explosive play. So I like the under. I no fucking clue who wins. <laughs> None. Uh, the Panthers uh, money lines plus 108. If you want to just take a stab in the dark, but I, I wouldn't. This is real ugly outside of the running backs in this one. Um, yeah. DJ Moore, not a great game. You don't know what that chemistry is going to look like with Baker. Um, Robbie Anderson did have a good game, but he has this from time to time and it's just kind of fluky. So like we know that with Robbie Anderson now, he will string a couple of those together and then he'll just disappear. So it's gone. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, look, if you want to chase the Robbie Anderson targets because you picked him up on waivers as a plug in, I like it better than what you could pick up from the chargers. If you lost Keenan Allen. You know, in that one for one type of replacement. I you know, I, I can I can endorse doing that given how he performed as long as he's healthy. Other than that, and that that's a fringe play for me, Robbie Anderson is. Other than that, just give me the running backs. I will say this, and this is I because I'm looking at these numbers I pull from playprofile.com, shout out to playprofile.com. DJ Moore ran hundred percent of the routes. I'm not shocked. How many that. routes do you think he ran? On 100% of the routes? No, like just guess in a game that Carolina was playing from behind through most. How many routes do you think he ran? 41. No. 29. Less. less. 21. Less than 29. Yes. 27 routes in oh, a game right. in which they were playing from behind throughout. And he ran 100%. So. Robbie Anderson couldn't could not like he can't go higher. No, the, the, that's a problem in a game in which like that that's something to keep an eye on. If he's not even getting a chance to get target, no, again six targets on twenty seven routes, you know, decent target rate. Uh it, it's they have to increase. Which means that kind of is not throwing the football enough. That like and even when they're playing, they behind, may not have to. Yeah, that's that's the other that's, thing too in this game, right? Yeah, they might not have to just let McCaffrey and Barkley run the whole game, and it's probably going to be more entertaining. <laughs> I, it just he might be man. I didn't think it'd be that bad, but twenty seven routes, oof. Sorry, Ryan, go ahead. Uh, I'm not really hopping on this game at all. If you really want, <laughs> like, if <laughs> running backs, move on. Yeah, no, it's not even that. Not even like, that. Those anyway. guys are going to be expensive as shit. Yeah, yeah, but they're like, going to be. If you want to build around they that, sh- they should eat though. And cash, and cash, you can play both. You're playing naked McCaffrey and Barkley. God, I just love saying. Oh that. yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't yeah, play you're... like you like you're not game sacking this game, like right? You're just no. You're not throwing DJ Moore in there at 5700 at all. It's like no. It's like I don't want to. I don't want to play anyone. I naked... really play it safe. God, you can even play the Giants defense. Yeah. The Giants defense, fine. Giant Ryan, how much is the how much is the Giants defense in this game? Ooh. Going streaking on this I, one. It huh? can't be higher than it can't be higher. It's got to be like thirty. I bet it's below thirty-seven hundred. It's like and so they think they every defense is below thirty-seven hundred. As much as we love our boy Baker, the Giants are thirty-two hundred. Boom! The Giants and the running backs. The Panthers boom. are three thousand. Captain Fumble, Daniel Jones. I mean, he he can trip himself on the way to the end zone. Neither one's a bad play. Yeah. Oh man. All right, let's move on. This can is we this. go to something else? 
I don't know if this is even this is even this it's not worse, but we both I hate both teams. Uh Patriots at the Steelers. Uh, Patriots on the road. Say. Yeah. Patriots on the road is two and a half point favorites. Forty and a half is the game total. Mac Jones logged, I believe, a full practice today uh with the back concerns. Pittsburgh's offense looked pretty terrible throughout that game. Najee's got a foot problem. I'm avoiding this game. I don't want to bet it at all. Not because I hate both teams. I just, I don't trust either team. And I need a little more information before I put any money on this. And the game total is probably perfect at 40. God. Right? Najee's got a foot problem, but you're playing him because of where you drafted him still. He'll be, he says he's good to go. Deontay Johnson should be fine from a volume perspective. You're not desperate enough in most cases to play Jacoby Myers, although the floor should be okay. Patriots backs. I mean, Stevenson's got Stevenson and Harris both have RB three flex value. This is a, a void for me too in fantasy. If you can, it's just, it's not, there's nothing. No, there, there, there's nothing great here outside, you know, outside of the running backs and Deontay Johnson, who, and I think all of them, stand to be, you know, position group two or lower. Yeah, this this is not even a like like DFS, right? I I think you you, you like you may agree there's nothing to play here either because you can't like we you can play Najee, you know, in your seasonal leagues. You don't have to play him in your DFS lineup. No. The only one I would actually temper yeah, playing, like you know, maybe sprinkle like one just to say what the hell, let's see what happens with him. It's Jacoby Myers, just because per usual he's leading the team in targets, leading them in yardage, just yeah, but the leading the zone. but leading he's the team no in ceiling. targets. Yeah, leading the team but, in targets is six, six targets six. and fifty some odd yards, and that's my problem with it. He, you're yeah, right. It, you say he's almost three. He's almost twenty-seven routes. Though. Twenty-seven routes in the game they were down the entire time. Yeah, you say <laughs> you say no lies. You say no lies about Jacoby Myers. I love Jacoby Myers. I, you six and I love him the same. Six targets for 55 yards is his ceiling. <laughs> he's not a touchdown he did, scorer. He needs a touchdown. He he's, just needs he, a touchdown. He doesn't score touchdowns, Ryan. That's I know. He's problem. allergic to it. That was his, yeah. He's infamous I, for not getting into the end But zone. that's just it. When the, the Patriots think, you know, we're, uh, we're zigging, they're, they're going to zag, and he's going to freaking blow fine, up. And be like, fine. See? It's going to be, who, like, it's going to. Who's the RB3? He's the guy that's going to score all the touchdowns, and they're going to beat the Pittsburgh by double-digit points. J.J. Taylor? Someone someone you never heard of? I think J.J. Taylor's hurt. (laughs) I don't know. Anyways, we're moving on. They're going to sign Kevin Harris on Thursday, and he'll score four touchdowns. uh, Actually, Pat Furman, we've had 10 targets. I I don't hate that. I don't hate that. There's a play for you. Pat Furman, we've had (laughs) double-digit targets. (laughs) He found you. Both defenses. (laughs) I found one. (laughs) Even though I don't like Pittsburgh without Watt. All right. Uh, Colts at the Jaguars. Colts, four and a half point favorites. God, something more intriguing. <laughs> uh, 44 <laughs> and a half is the game total. Looked bad. Looked a little bit lost. Uh, again, one of those teams that didn't play a lot of their starters in preseason. New I quarterback. Expect to, I expect them to play better. I expect, I, you know, you know, with the chemistry being stronger, first game out the way, and it's fucking Jacksonville. I think the Colts win this game. Uh, four and a half, I think, is a fair spread. Maybe it can be. Maybe it's a little too low. Even, um, I like the game total. You know, 
The 44 and a half, I like the over there. We know Jacksonville has enough playmakers to hang some points on there. And while Lawrence hasn't looked particularly great to start his career, he's been passable and serviceable. So I think this is the Colts in the over would be where I feel most comfortable with. Pittman Taylor on the Colts side. There's nothing cute there. Jacksonville side. Uh, Christian Kirk had 12 targets over 100 yards. You're absolutely running that one yeah. back. Um, I don't hate Zay Jones again this week just because game script wise he's somebody you could flex in if you lost a guy. Same thing with Etienne and, and Robinson. They're going to get their run. They're going to get their split and um, there's going to be target volume there. So you can run it back with all your Jaguars if you, you really want to. Um, Rex Burke had, had a decent game in this one. So you know, that, that one's well for those two guys. If you would have read my weekly piece or my first week of DraftKings bargain bids, you would have played Michael Pittman last week at 5,500. This week, we are passing on him, though. He's up to 6,700 now. There is no way I'm putting him in a lineup at that kind of price. That's almost that, not like a duck. Not, that's not bad. Hey, 6,700? He's the entire passing offense, and it's Jacksonville. Yeah, but I like I I play the values. I don't play the high dollar. I don't I don't yeah, pay, play him at value. I, mean, I could he's, pay. He's a good value in cash because he's a high target play with no competition, and it's Jacksonville. No, give me the other side of the ball. I will take Christian Kirk. You at can 5, have seven hundred. This is a 5, game you want to build on. This is a this is a a game you you can sprinkle a little exposure on. You can, you can build a whole lineup on this one. Oh, I want to go. I want to go that crazy. Well, you could. <laughs> I'm just saying you can do you can do one. I mean, in theory, you can build a whole lineup on any game. It just might not be a great idea. (laughs) (laughs) Generally, not. Yeah, it's the it's the 200 you know the single single one that doesn't cost a thing. You just want to see what happens. I I think 6700 Bateman, or I think 600 6 C 700 dollar Pittman still a value, man. I love that. Love Uh, it. I just I don't know. I just can't do it. How many wide receivers are above them? Just. Don't have to read them all if there's a lot, but just guess how many, you know, based on a skim through, how many wide receivers are above them in costs? Eight. So he's already about wide receiver one. Is he a wide receiver? Is he a low end wide receiver one for fantasy? Hopper, do you think he's a low end wide receiver one for fantasy? Yes, I do. Yes, I think Pittman's completely fine. But I understand if. He's not going to dud. He's not going to dud the value, but the definition of value is: is he going to outperform it? You know, if you tell me he's a wide receiver eight at the end of this week, I would probably say, yeah, that's about right. And if you told me he was higher, I would say, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it's about right. If you told me he's lower, I'm going to say, what the hell happened? Yeah. So you can't. It still feels like it's his floor this week. It's like we. But when you like look at like when you like try to play like these. DFS games, you're looking to try to get like three, four, or five times these values. So you're hoping at least he scores at least. You still need guys 19, that can 20 actually score you, you anchor points the lineup so. a bit. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Anchor. That's a great, great phrase. Great, great word. You gotta. You still need your studs in there, and he can still three times that value. You differentiate at the end, and you're like, all right, need to start being a little cheap. Who do we got here? Yeah. That's when go. that's when Ryan Miner's value article comes in play. That's that's <laughs> where that's where Ryan earns the big bucks. All right, moving yes. on. Miami at Baltimore. Baltimore three and a half point favorites at home. Forty four and a half is the game total. Miami getting a little respect here, only being three and a half point dogs here. Um, both teams look good. Both you know both teams had their you know 
had some struggles. I'll lean the home team if I want to bet the spread. I like the game total. I like the over here. Um, both defenses I don't think are quite up to speed. Baltimore is already battling uh, secondary injuries and offensive line injuries in which they cannot afford to have. Love the over. And now I'm liking Miami when I say <laughs> right after I said that. I actually like Miami plus three and a half and I like the over. Excuse me. Yeah, I like Miami here a bit too. Tyree Kill is going to be just fine in this one. I think Jalen Waddle will be as well. Um, we saw against the Ravens last week that, you know, Corey Davis did have himself a good day. Elijah Moore, decent floor. So, you know, I think that you put a couple more talented wide receivers out there in this one that, that they are going to produce. Um, as far as the running game here, Look, we did see a lot of re- a lot of checkdowns to uh to backs last week against to Jets backs last week against the Ravens. Like Dan said, well, it's not necessarily a fault on the Ravens so much as it is the way that the Jets were just playing. You are going to get a healthy dose of Chase Edmonds. Don't get cute with Mostert. He didn't see a lot of work last week. So, Ravens side of this, stay tuned to Sunday to see if Dobbins plays. If not, it's going to be Kenyon Drake again. If he does, there's going to be this weird mismatch of them probably trying to ease him back in, and I would stay away from all of that entirely. Um, you know, what you can count on here, obviously, Jackson, obviously, Andrews. And then, you know, Myers was was fine as a slot play. So, you know, uh, as hard as this is, they do, Renee, based on the target volume, Watch list him because this could be another decent week. Yep. And then from tracking, I would still go Chase Edmonds again because once again he he didn't go up in value or down. He stayed right at fifty two hundred this week. Yeah. So if we're gonna if we're expecting a game script where like how the Jets had, where he's getting a bunch of checkdowns, Tua was doing checkdowns to uh, Edmonds in the preseason at the end there, so we could actually see that again. And the Tua also isn't a bad deal also at fifty six hundred if you want to build around that if you want to go expensive wide receiver. You know, you want to go elite wide receiver, elite running back. You want to try to build that stack. That's another good cheap quarterback. And then another good wide receiver still to go with. I'm, I'm not going to give up Rashard Bateman yet. I'm I'm still on him. He's at 5,500. I'm willing to still throw him in one more time. I'm fine with, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. No issues with any of that. All right. Peer review. But I guess I should ask. That was the last Newton game, right? Yeah, it was. I was about to tell you. Perfect. Love it. <laughs> So what happens when I doubt myself? All right, I got one tiddly wink of beer left, so I'm going to go ahead and take it. <laughs> I'm out, but go ahead. Um, <laughs> I got a little aggressive, I guess. I did too, which means it was a good beer. Yeah. Um, as this one tends to be. It's got a nice, like, chewy caramel note to it. There's a good back end of dark chocolate. It's bold. It's not overly roasty, which is good because browns aren't supposed to be. Um, it's got a, a little bit of a toast flavor, though, to balance out that chewy caramel. Dark chocolate, eh, kind of a semi-sweet bitter there. Uh, very drinkable, very refreshing. It's not heavy like a stout. It's got all sorts of beautiful, just kind of, you know, sweet but or balanced towards sweet type of flavors aftertaste just kind of hangs out there 
that nice medium full body that there's a little chewiness to it, but not in a drying way. Very good beer from from Heavy Riff. Very very good. I don't remember this beer being this good actually. I had it on Monday when uh right or on yeah on Monday when Sean Sean's last day in town. I had it at Sky Lounge on draft. Um, maybe it was because I didn't. I should have changed glasses. It for me, it wasn't as impressive. But I've had it enough where I I know Velvet Underground is very good beer. So blame me for it. But anyways, Ryan, before I you go, I'm gonna do mine real quick again. I I I drank all of my Odell, so I can't give the the super fun you know version of this. But it's a Marzen. It's an American Marzen. You know more than less. So it's gonna be more on the sweet end. Um, you know the mall is gonna definitely kick through. Um, it's very drinkable. It's very light. It doesn't, you know, you know, chew too much. It doesn't really get to you too much. It, it's a very easy drinking on the slight Sweden, you know, for your Marzins, which is the typical style Oktoberfest you're going to get from a lot of American breweries. So one you can get in most places. Odell is a very popular brewery, um, you know, from a national perspective. So pick yourself up some Odell's Marzin and you won't be disappointed. And I had Seagram Seven Crown and Seven Up, also known as Seven and Seven, which Seagram Seven Crown is an American whiskey, which I always like to mix. It's a, it's my favorite like mixer to have. Like no matter what time of the year it is, because it's just smooth, crisp, refreshing. It's an inexpensive bottle too. The whiskey bottle is like I think I pay like thirteen ninety nine for it. So <laughs> for a cheap whiskey and a nice Seven Up, something I, I like to go to, and something and it's nothing that's like. It's something that's always in my bar no matter what. So don't be surprised you see it on here again because I probably will be drinking it at least however many more times I'm around here. Until the end. Brian, I think you're uh, I think you'll be in this show for I'm a lifer. Yeah. All right. We got another question. God, I love it. Keep the questions going up. This is see, from... see, see, see what I did on uh it's you Twitter. It's, it's literally it's you. 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 Yeah, it's not hot. It's definitely not it has me. nothing to do with me putting <laughs> fantasy football in the YouTube title, so it's findable now. Um <laughs> love it. All right, this is from Jacob uh Sabatula. Sorry if I pronounced that. Uh, I believe this is the first time Dan, I've seen Dan's it. the worst person to be I am the literally names. the last person you want you want pronouncing anything with of question. So his question is, this is a, a possible trade he's looking to make. Yeah. We're going to go through his team. He lists off the highlights from each team, his team and the guy that he's potentially going to trade with. On his team, Brady, Diggs, Evans, Derrick Henry, Dobbins, Darren Waller, Higgins, Miles Sanders on the bench. Other guys team. Mike Williams, Robert Woods, Barkley, Delvin Cook, Darrell Henderson, and Chase Edmonds. Okay, other guys got to go out of running backs. Yeah, his his question is, should I use Higgins and Sanders in a trade to move up to try to go get what I'm guessing is Barkley or Cook? He says bigger running back, which I would I don't think you put Henderson in that category. This is not actual size. This is just, you know, fantasy output. 
And Edmonds just hasn't reached that plateau yet. I don't think he will. He just doesn't get the full-on usage. Well, that, and I'm not sure after week one that Henderson or Edmonds is necessarily an upgrade over Sanders either. So, and who had a you, really good week? Who had a pretty decent week one by his standards? I, yeah. I, I actually so, like Sanders if he's now finding the end zone and an improved Philly offense. I don't think you're going to be able to get Saquon for that. You'd have to probably give up Diggs maybe Evans in that or try to you you know try to move Henry or Dobbins also I would I like uh, where your head's at I do too I would throw Higgins and Sanders out there at Cook and see yeah how that goes and use that as a starting point and just let the guy know hey this is my starting offer um let me know if we need to adjust or, or talk from there you're in a unique position where you've got it's a good position where you've got two teams with a, you know, a glut at one position or the other. You guys are positioned to help each other out so you can make something work there. Um, I think upgrading over Sanders is absolutely the right move because after week one, he has value. Yeah. But you can go out and get somebody better than that. And you know what? It turns it down. It's it's, it's fine because you maintain that depth. And if Sanders continues to perform, that value is only going to go up. But I would throw that out there as a starter at Dalvin Cook and see see where it goes from there. The only issue, the only hiccup would be where Higgins is at right now. That might be your that might be your biggest hiccup. Yeah, is he out one? Is he out two? I would almost put out Evans and Sanders and see if I can go after. Like I I would throw that out for Cook. Um, and eat the Evans loss by adding in in a an elite running back potentially, but even start at Barkley and see what happens. I know Barkley's coming off of this huge week, hard to trade for a guy. Cause I'm assuming this is redraft. So you can't throw out draft picks there, but um, you're trading for the RB one right now too. Yeah. It'd be so tough. That, that, yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's it's going to be do. real hard. That's but why I also, said, that's why I said go down to cooks because reaching at Barkley right now is like, you're going to, oh, you're going to overpay. That's going to be, he's King got Ransom. digs. It depends. Do you want, Elite receiver yeah, but, or elite running back. But if I'm looking at his team, I don't want to give up digs is my problem. No, I agree. Yeah, but if I, you're going to go for someone's number one or two, that is either, you know, Barkley or cook. Like cook is the one I agree with because he had a, he had the quiet week and you know, what should have been a neutral game script. You, you expect maybe a little more points, but. And I think the combination of Sanders and Higgins, because those aren't unusable pieces, right? No, most no, weeks not. those are, you know, Higgins for sure, and potentially Sanders, if the trajectory stays the same, you're coming off an up week, are going to be valuable pieces to have. So does the summation of them equal Dalvin Cook? And, you know, especially with the recency bias, I think that, yeah, you could, you're probably pretty close. Who would you, might you rather have? Adjust it, but... Who would you rather have, Hopper and Ryan? Evans or Higgins? Or Higgins? In redraft right now. Probably, I'm still going Evans. I, I would think I would go Higgins. Because that's where you can make your, your argument. Which, which you could, one of these receivers would you want to throw at? Yeah, and I do that a lot too. Give them the option. Say, hey, yeah. you know, start that conversation. Say, hey, I'm interested in Cook with Sanders and then one of Evans or Higgins because they're close in value. Yeah. Get it done. And, you know, let he may value one more than the other. By a good amount. Yeah. And it's a lot easier to find wide receiver 
you know, flex plays and running backs, obviously. Yep. He's yeah. also asking if he should chill. So there is the option to wait. Yeah. Wait for <laughs> some Higgins news. You don't have to make a move after week one. You just no. have there's so have a lot of regular season the, fantasy left. The risk that you make with chilling on this one, though, I think, is that Dalvin Cook off. pops off a big week and Sanders yeah. falls off. Yeah. Yeah. So I so, I'm a little less tepid. I I don't think chill's the right move here if you want to get it done with Sanders being a piece because we know he has the potential to fall off. Yeah. I do uh, like the aim for Cook. Yeah, aim for I do, Cook. I do yeah. like that. I do like that. Because then the worst thing is that happens is they say, you know, instead of you trying to say, well, I'm just chilling. So then you have that what if I would have offered and would have accepted How you can, had this you player. Can, you can even get try to get cute, you know, find the guy that AJ Dillon. <laughs> Not yeah. make the same trade, but if if they tell and if they tell you no, like that's the worst they're going to say is no, I won't do it. Yeah, and then no, I'm good. fine. Right. The yeah, wave of Miles on. Sanders and Higgins when he gets bit back and revisit this because i mean you still have that that value but you know if you're looking to get something done for sanders i i hesitate to say outright just chill because he's coming off a good week and those have been few and far between the last couple seasons especially with his health if thankfully you found the end zone the problem is every other running back in that team found the end zone as well all of them did but sanders much higher yardage total yeah i i I still like Sanders. If you want to wait a week, there's always risk in waiting, but Higgins can also go off and that'll give you a little more, you know, fuel if you're looking to, you know, balance out your team or Evans, depending on, or Evans which. goes yeah. off, especially, uh, you know, they're, you know, they're playing the saints, you know, it should be a harder matchup, but, the flip side, but, but why there's risk. The flip side is that cook goes off. Yeah. It, right. It's, and, and maybe cook becomes a different question. So, and then the next thing you know, Evans, because he's historically bad against the Saints, he has a bad game, and then you're wishing you would have traded him at the high point that he just had. He just asked about Connor, too. He's looking at teams now, you know, poor wide receiver core guy, James Connor. I'm a little timid. I wouldn't move for James Connor. I don't, I don't, I don't know that's a, yeah. And I'm I, not... I don't know how much of an upgrade he, I mean, he's an upgrade over Sanders, but that's a giant upgrade. But if that's going to go a little higher yeah, than Cook, you it? can maybe knock on the door with Eckler, who's coming off a down week. Um. Yeah, I like that. I don't know how high McCaffrey went in your league, but he's coming off of a down week with plenty of people that are down on him. Um, after the injury real seasons, um, you know, Javonta Williams just saw a ton of receiving work. So there's there's some other options you can go go knock on there too. Hell, Leonard Fournette's coming off of a hundred yard week and about to follow it up with another one. If I had to guess, yeah. so. Uh, yeah, you got options. You mentioned Camara. Camara is another good one that you could go knock on the door for that has, you know, big upside, especially if that Saints offense with some receiving help continues to tick. Well, plus of that whole, was it, is it a knee injury or a calf injury he has? Yeah, I think. Is it knee? Who, Camara? Yeah. yeah. I'm not yeah. as. I'm, I, I, I'm, some people are very iffy on it. So, you know, people are like thinking, I've already seen, you know, do I bench Kamara this week because of what of his injury? So I would why not even sprinkle out for him for a little bit? It's an upgrade though. It is. Yeah. It yeah. is. But again, you know, we can talk about this Sunday too. Uh Jacob and everyone else who's listening will be uh Sunday Lime Street should be back with with Hopper, hopefully not, you know, busy and 
me not having friends in town. Hopper's driving back from Kentucky in the morning, but I should be here about 1030 or so. So, <laughs> so I will be at football once again. Brian will handle game. Brian. Brian will handle the, uh, the Twitter. The questions. Hopefully, but no can... good question. And you know, your head's absolutely in the right spot. Oh yeah. All right. Three o'clock games. Uh, Atlanta three. at the Rams. Rams are ten and a half point favorites. We are now into the realm of double of double digit point spreads. Uh, Forty five and a half is the game total. Rams coming off of a embarrassing week. Atlanta coming off of kind of an impressive week. Um, you know, given where they were at, still sure. ten and a half is a lot of points. I do yeah. expect the Rams to turn around, but that's a huge. Like even against a bad Atlanta team, amount this early in the season, it's still the so large double digit. We still don't quite know who the Rams are because of their of what they showed against Buffalo. I I would say clear of this game, um, because I can easily see them beating the Falcons by double digit points. That's how good this team is on paper. I just don't like it. Uh, game total is at a very iffy spot. I would probably just ignore this game. If I'm betting anything, I would lean Atlanta to cover ten and a half though. Yeah, from a fantasy perspective, if there ever was a get right game for the Rams, this is this is it. We just talked about what Atlanta gave up to the Saints wide receivers. So, you know, if you want to run it back with, with Allen Robinson, like I'm looking at this one and saying Thomas just had two touchdowns and fifty four yards. Landry just put up triple digits receiving against this you know, Robinson should be able to get it done. Um yeah, obviously Cup, Henderson, obviously. We already talked about staying away from Akers on that side of the ball. Um, you know, the other side of this one with the Falcons, we talked about Marriott as a streaming option, given what Josh Allen was able to do. Um, I don't hate Marriott as a streaming option here. Rams defense is uh was a little out of sorts, especially with with Jalen Ramsey. Cordero Patterson, go ahead and chase that. He did have the majority of the work there. Um receivers we're still kind of waiting to figure out what the falcons are going to be in the receiving game so you know i would yeah london had a nice game five for 74 so plug him in if you need to but he's also going to get a tough test this week right DraftKings. no sorry i'll say for DraftKings fact i was looking at marcus mariota at 5,600, just more because of the Konami code side of him because he had 72 yards rushing last week alone. So I think he'll be able to push that 100 yards. And the 100-yard bonus from DraftKings is nice. You get an additional three points for that. So I look kind of like, like, at that. And then Drake London, he, he he had five receptions, but he also had seven targets. He's coming in at 5,200. And then if you really feel ballsy enough to do it, throw in Kyle Pitts also at 5,400 this week. My issue with London is he's got about to get a what should be. I know Ramsey got kind of torched last week, but he got toasted. Yeah, but it's still rookie wide receiver about to go up against historically one of the best cornerbacks. So. Is it going to be him or is it going to be Pitts? So I think he. I think yeah, he might go Ramsey. On I think Ramsey only plays one side of the field, but I don't. I don't know that Ramsey slides inside that much either. I think it'll be, what think it'll Pitts, be London. What did I'm gonna look at Pitts' slot rate? Was he I think he, he had seven targets too. 
22 percent slot rate so i think he i think he's gonna i mean he, he he's not playing a lot of inline yeah he only ran 19 tar- right 19 routes 19 routes though uh he's i mean he will block um that's still well, that's the other thing yeah it's weird that's the other thing you have to worry about with pits too right rams will blitz yeah, I it's it's a waste. They should, I mean, one would think they should never waste him on there. Um, seven targets, nineteen routes is it's it's great, obviously. But we like to see a little more participation in that. <laughs> uh, this game you would think would yield that. Um, should should I I would assume Ramsey would be on London more. I would also assume that he won't shadow. There's nothing no, that Pitts and London have done that he would ever shadow. So. If anything, he'll probably play London more than Pitts, but I'm sure there'll be some plays where he's lined up on Pitts if he's playing on the outside. All right. Oh, Ryan. Any more DFS? That's it? Yeah, that's it. Okay. See, I was moving to the, uh, a game with the same with the same narrative. Seahawks at the Niners. Niners are eight and a half point favorites at home. Ugh. 41 and a half. Look, Niners look terrible. They're also looked- playing in a monsoon. Yeah, they're also yeah. in the monsoon. Um, you can't take a lot away from that game. Seattle played w- offensively, had one good half. Uh, seven targets for Metcalf, thirty-nine yards. Yeah, yeah. That offense seven for seven though. Yeah, that <laughs> offense didn't do shit in the second half. It was all you know, Geno Smith first. So, I actually like the Niners in this bounce back. I'm not betting it because I need to see. I need a little more information. I'll wait a week. The game total is what makes me nervous. I I I think I would still go the under. I don't think Seattle scores a touchdown in this game. And now you're trying to add back in Kenneth Walker. Gino played one good half of football. Had that that good saying that I didn't write him back. Like that's fun, Gino. Good for you, buddy. Now here's Nick Bosa, and here's the rest <laughs> of the Niners' pass rush. Um. I don't think they score much, but eight and a half is a lot of points for an offense that looked pretty bad, regardless of weather conditions. And Lance looked very much inconsistent, but you know, that was only his second, his like what 16th career game, you know, dating back to high school. So (laughs) it's not like he's, there's still a lot of growth to him, but I'll, I'll take the under and I'm not, I won't bet the spread. This game is going to be interesting. Uh, 49ers, 49ers. Yeah. Jeff Wilson is the backup running back. He's, Probably going to go for like 50 and a touchdown. Debo Samuel's absolutely going to get some run in the absence of Elijah Mitchell. We've seen that plenty. Should be more passing volume for the Niners. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm with you. I don't see the game script needing a lot of passing. We know that if it doesn't require that, the Niners aren't going to force that, um, which throws some water on IU. Debo, you're insulated with the running aspect. Um on the other side of this with the Seahawks, I, like Dan just said, right? <laughs> Here's Bosa. And DK Metcalf was a hyper inefficient seven targets, seven receptions, and 39 yards. Still good for 10 points, but he they neutered Metcalf. They did. That's <laughs> come on, man. The, That's even nice. The size speed specimen he is. And you you jujued him. You you yeah. jujued him. Yeah. Uh, oh God! It's Penny was all right, cool. but you're mixing Walker back in. I'm avoiding Seattle this week. It's it's a straight avoid for me. 
Um, and the I Niners, agree. I don't want anything other than Debo and Kittle if he plays. Just stay with the known commodities here. Let them get a real game under their belt. It's not a team that's so deep that you have to go start Brandon Ayuk. No, and I feel like people are going to be all... I feel like Jeff Wilson's going to be chalked this week on DFS because he's at 5,100 right now. So he's the easy three Number square. one cash play. Yeah, he's it's going to be Jordan player. Mason. So what the fuck do exactly. we know? Thank you. Oh my, that's what we know, Dick. You are on the same like uh, <laughs> mindset here because I said I'm like I'm looking at that like 4200. Yeah, no, it's Taren not going to be Bryce because that's the that's the sermon. He's got to be right? active yeah. first. Yeah, but Mason, but Mason be. feels like Mason feels like the sneaky cheap player. Like I just I I'm gonna have him at least like two lineups. This is week one Houston. It's also not Jimmy Garoppolo under center, so you don't really need to go that deep at running back because you just throw Trey Trey Lance Lance. and Debo Samuel down there throughout (laughs) the running game, too. Lance will have a good game, too. But, but like, watch, like, Wilson get it all the way down the field, and they'll just put Mason in at the goal line. No, they'll put Lance in. No, Lance is just going to Lance is the goal line back. It's not going to be Mason, who is... Very slow and unathletic. <laughs> Who'd have no. thought in? If I'm trying writes... to make Mason a thing. I'm gonna. Oh, I'm gonna no, try. but I mean, it's Mason funny. Mason is not a thing. And then that's next what week, the Niners I'll... will do. Except, like, they're a better version of New England because at least yeah. their backs are productive. It, they're gonna throw it in our face. They're gonna, you know, make us make us think it's gonna be uh, Wilson, and it's not gonna be. It, it and everyone, everyone that blew all their fab this week, and they'll be pissed about it. Wilson's going to have two rushing those touchdowns guys on six their... carries. I think it hurts. Those guys that blew all their fab on Trey Sermon are going to be real pissed about how this <laughs> yeah. All of this guy who blew all of his fab money on Trey <laughs> Like, Jesus. The worst of misclicks. That wasn't a misclick. All right. All right. All right. All right. We're, we're, we're moving on. Fuck this game. Uh, a game I thought would have been fun. Uh, thanks, Zach. Uh, Cincinnati at Dallas. Cincinnati is seven and a half point favorites. 42 and a half. That's low. That is, it's, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's not Dak, it's Cooper Rush now. Um, since he should win this game by this many points, Dallas still has a good pass rush. And since he's O line, did is, not look good against the Steelers. Granted, Steelers, no, also good pass rush. But either way, it's not like yeah. Dallas is no slouch either. Mika Parson will, you know, can do some but huge damage. I still think since he wins this game, do they beat him by you know by more than a touchdown though? That's Debatable. a million dollar question. Again, not not betting the spread. I don't like the total here because I do not I, I don't trust Dallas. Like I don't trust this offense. I don't think they'll be able to move the football because I don't have any faith in Cooper Rush. Then with that you can take the under. Because all the scoring could be done by Cincinnati. Even at Dallas, even with his spread. You know, 42 and a half feels like a lot for one of these teams who may not score very, very many points. Take the under. Um, okay. For the Bengals, uh, you know, you we're waiting on to find out on T. Higgins, obviously Chase Burrow, Mixon. The other thing I'm gonna say here though against the Cowboys is that the guys that got it done were the guys playing over the middle in Deontay Johnson and Pat Fryermuth. I'm going to go ahead and call for the Hayden Hurst stream this week. Hopper. Wait. Stole from me. I'm calling for a Hayden Hurst stream this week. Yeah, Hayden Hurst I, is in playing Cincinnati, though. 
He plays for Cincinnati. He plays for Cincinnati. He's their tight end. I know. This, so, well, when you watch Schultz, I, g- I gave the wrong deal. I was yes, like, wait a minute. I'm, I'm very confused I gave the wrong Hold on. No, we're going <laughs> to. No, you're right. You're right. Hold on. We're going to do that thing that I do sometimes. The guys re- rewind it and uh, erase it. Amy-wamy. No, we're not going to rewind it and erase it. I'm just going to make the same point for a different team. Yeah. Uh, where <laughs> he does. Yeah. I do this a lot. Uh, he does this a lot. Love it. Uh, actually, really I, we, we all do it because the Bucks didn't do a whole lot. Um, Godwin was three for 35, primarily working over the mid. I can't make that argument. Either way, I'm going to call for the Hayden Hurst stream this week. I already said it. I can't take it back. <laughs> you can't take it back. <laughs> Even if it's based on a completely wrong narrative, because you, you can still, still stream Dalton Schultz. I'm still in preseason form. <laughs> Dalton Schultz isn't streamable, but I like Dalton. You Schultz. just made the argument why you should stream Dalton Schultz. <laughs> no, in the I form mean, of Hayden Hurst. Dalton Schultz isn't streamable because he was drafted everywhere. That's what that's, I mean. You're not going to pick him up. That's I mean, bait. I mean, shadow. No. I, I don't right, know. Don't. You're right, right, you're let right. me go this way. Dallas, you can get a little cutesy with Noah Brown, too. I, th- I, I made the comment earlier. I'm going to stick to it. I picked him up in a lot of places. Maybe I'm just trying to will this into existence. The guy's that's been fair. on the Cowboys. He's been on the Cowboys for the entirety of Cooper Rush's tenure. They both played second, third, fourth string. Um, the entirety of their careers. That chemistry is there. He's in the wide receiver two role. He led the team in targets. It should be a situation where the Cowboys have to throw. So look, finally a game where I can give you some streaming options. Noah Brown at wide receiver, especially for any of your hurt guys. You should have claimed him on waivers. If you didn't, uh, Hayden Hurst against the Cowboys, especially if there's no, no T Higgins. Tyler Boyd also very viable this week. If there's no T Higgins, stay tuned on Sunday for a full recap on the Bengals pass catchers. And we can just move on. Next yeah. game. All right. Houston at Denver. Denver, nine and a half point favorites, 45 and a half implied total. Gross. I I I I gotta think Denver is gonna be it's gonna come out a little more impressive than they you know than what we saw Monday night. Mm-hmm. Got that shit out of their system. I'm not ready to bet high, you know, high, high double digit spreads on teams that haven't shown me anything yet. They haven't shown me enough yet. So avoid the bet. I I do like the under. Um, Houston's not Houston's playing against a far better defense in Denver than what they played against in Indy. And uh, Davis Mills just is very good. So I'll take the under. Um, I I don't know what we're gonna get from Denver in this game, but. I think Houston's not going to put up very many points. No, I think for Denver, you just go ahead and play your starters, both yeah, running backs, chalk. both wide receivers, and and Wilson. It's pretty chalk. For the Texans, I'm going to go ahead and say steer clear of, of Brandon Cooks. Even though Seattle won that game, Denver did not give up a damn thing to the wide receivers, and it's not like there's anything there to take pressure off of Brandon Cooks. It's a good secondary, a good defense there in Denver. Pivot away from that. DFS Ryan, oh yeah, for for that I would probably. It's so hard, but I, I can't move off it just based on what I saw on Monday night. And I still feel Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy are worth plays at sixty one hundred for Sutton and fifty six hundred for Judy. Just because they have it's that ability to, yeah, it's a good just, call. I mean, you know, it's that catch and run; they're gone. And You're gonna get the rush stacks. You're gonna get. The Russell Wilson, you know, with the triple sack with both, and then you can do a double with one or the other. Maybe run it back. You can with even Cooks. follow that with, or even follow it back with Albert O at thirty seven hundred. 
Or, you know, he had yeah. he had a, he had that almost <laughs> touchdown. So he was almost the four eight tight ends are involved in that offense. So man, it's that's rough. So that's a little gross from a from a non-target hog, Alberto. Yeah, it's it's a hard one, but those are uh, those two receivers I would definitely go with. All right, we got another question. God, I love this show. X Diamond, shout out to Diamond. I think this is the first time I've seen you. In the, I've seen you uh, in the live stream. This is more of a uh, of an ethics question. He's asking, okay, there's a trade in this league. It was James Robinson and Brandon Ayuk for Ceedee Lamb, and he's asking if it if it should be vetoed. No, you never no. veto. Never no. veto. But Unless we'll go with. That's just clear, you know, uh, collusion. Yeah, it, that's the only reason you veto is if there's clear collusion. A lot of people think veto is to enforce trade value, and that's that's not the case because you cannot speak for how somebody else values a player, especially this early in the season with this little to go on. Um, you know, Brandon Ayuk was a guy that was hyped to have a breakout season, and his one game's been in a monsoon. So you cannot determine how somebody else is going to value oh. somebody, especially season long. He made the trade and now it's getting vetoed. Yeah. No, that should not be vetoed. No, no. Um, I, I do not believe that that should be vetoed. And it's for the same reason, right? They cannot. The veto is not to enforce. We didn't think it was a fair trade because the other members of your league don't know how you and the person you traded with value a player. Um, and it's all about how you individually value a player, especially this early on when still generally speaking, we don't know anything. So no, that, that should not be vetoed. I'm also a firm believer that, you know, if your league is still set up on league vote, that you get off of that and just put it in the commissioner's hands, especially if you have a, a trustworthy commissioner, but yeah, I, I that trade should not be be vetoed. I don't even what was the trade again? Remind me. It was I know Ayuk and CD, right? Ayuk and James Robinson for CD Lamb. Yeah, James Robinson just had a good game. CD Lamb just lost his starting quarterback. Ayuk is seen as a breakout candidate, and his only game's been in a monsoon. That really isn't that even that lopsided. It's no, like it, I don't even look at that and say somebody got fleeced. No, you're 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 almost buying at the CD Lamb discount right now. You're not buying it at with Dak. You're you're, you're that's paying what for I the, like. the Cooper Rush yeah. type of price. That's the type of deal yeah. I like to get CD. You can you can risk losing James Robinson, who's not going to score two touchdowns a game, and you can risk losing now. You he didn't say what side he's on, and he doesn't no, have to. You I don't mean, have still, to. Either Unless way, you want to, you don't have to. But you're getting, and if you're trading away CD because of that, you're getting depth. Or you're making the late season buy. I mean, I can see the argument from both sides, which makes it a perfectly valid trade. Yeah. I will say this. If it's getting vetoed, I have no problem with you asking for your money back and just leaving the league. If it's with friends and have a hard conversation, but veto should... No one should play in leagues with vetoes. I'm sorry, but it's, it's fucking stupid. Unless it's pure, obvious collusion. Yeah, which I've and, only seen once in playing in about, you know, fifteen leagues a year for since I was twelve. It, it so. is extremely hard to actually prove 
a collusion unless it's pretty it, fucking like unless they like, unless like, obvious, people it's are obvious. Obvious. It, it was an entire team changing hands one out of the playoffs one in the playoffs because we clearly pissed somebody off by not vetoing it another trade for the reasons we just described of it might have been a little lopsided but it wasn't clear and obvious collusion yeah i'm firm on the cd side but i understand why the guy made this trade this should not get vetoed and you should be fighting like hell to change it. Yep. Ne- never veto. Definitely not in this case. And if it does, I, I I seriously would consider asking for my money back and dropping from the league because that's complete bullshit. So that's just me. I don't know how you guys feel, but that's 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 me. I'm typically the type where if I get pissed off at the league, I'll still finish out this season and then leave in the off season. Yeah. It depends yeah. what it depends. I guess it also depends on who the league's with. And if you put money into it, whatever. But I get scoring pretty easily. All right. Anyways, great question. All sorts, you know, from all angles. So thank you guys out there. We'll be back someday. Um, Moving on, though. Uh, Cardinals at the Raiders. Raiders, five and a half point favorites. 51 and a half is the game total. Uh, The Cardinals look terrible against the Chiefs, I think, is is a safe way to say it. The offense just hasn't wasn't able to find their stride against the Cardinals Raiders had a tough, had a tough go at it against the chargers who have one of the strong, stronger rosters in the league when healthy. Um, I'm a little shocked. Five and a half is the spread here. I think it'll be a little closer, more of a, of a back and forth game. So I like the Cardinals to cover five and a half. And I like the game total to go over because both defenses aren't very good. And both offices have shown the ability with the playmakers they have that they can put up points. So love the over for sure. And I do like the Cardinals to cover five and a half. Yeah. For the Cardinals, I like Zach Ertz, Kyler, and then Connor, you know, had a pretty forgettable week one and you're not chasing Greg Dortch past production, <laughs> especially if Rondell Moore's back. So you're going to have to wait and see on a lot of that for the Raiders side of this. Um, Devonte Adams, feasted Darren Waller feasted Hunter Renfro there's some questions around Josh Jacobs was it was a Josh Jacobs performance it was fine so uh, there's not a whole lot to talk about in this game the Cardinals were were out of sorts they're without a very key piece they don't have a lot of depth at that particular position where they're without a key piece could be a little ugly for a bit so a chalk play pretty much yeah it might be ugly we know it might be, I think Josh Jacobs gets back on track this game, and I wouldn't mind having him in DFS right now at 5,800. Or even trying to pair him up with Derek Carr, and or even do a tri-stack, add in Derek Carr with Darren Waller. Because I feel like this game is going to be like a back-and-forth game. I think it's going to be more... It's not going to do what happened against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. But, I mean, the, Mahomes did put up like 37 DFS points against this defense. So I think Derek Carr can do the same exact thing, who was also close to being 300 yards last week. So, question, real quick. You yeah. said Josh Jacobs can be back on track. Is uh is seventy three total yards and no touchdowns off track for Josh Jacobs? Because that we feels had, pretty he, that feels pretty normal to me. We had like one reception for sixteen yards and it was it ten carries. For he only had ten carries. Though. So it was a yeah, good average of four targets to the running back. I guess is the biggest concern with Brandon Bolden leading the way at two. But I think like yeah. like but he didn't get in the end zone or anything. I think he actually gets in the end zone this that's, week. That's always that's been what, the issue with Jacobs. Like. He just doesn't get yeah. 
a targeted. So he's a poor man. So a far poor man's like Nick Chubb, where he just doesn't get involved in the pass game. So he has to lean on his running game to actually be productive. Should be better a week with what the Chiefs put up at the very least. Yeah. Hey, we got we got another listener question. This one comes from uh Ryan, longtime listener, first time <laughs> caller. I'm in a half point PPR league. <laughs> My starting running back is DeAndre Swift. I'm looking for an RB two. Did I go Zeke Elliott, Melvin Gordon, Cam Akers, or Clyde Edwards Hilaire, or Brees Hall? Oh God. So Zeke Hall or Hilaire. Yeah, that's how I read that. See, Zeke should see a bunch of volume. Boy, I would think Pollard too. Bengals not super strong against the run. Not weak against it. Pretty neutral. Hall, we talked about the receiving work there, but he's still the wrong end of a 60-40 split. Alaire, basically, if he didn't catch two touchdowns, he's worth nothing. I think it's Zeke. And it was it was decent last year against the sack front, which I expect them to see now with no Dak. There's absolutely no reason for the defense to shell out against uh, Cooper Rush. So, so back in 2020, when Dak was out for the majority of the game, Zeke was uh, 56 in carry rate against the sack front. Darius per carry, he was pretty low. So... There is, there is, there is a bit of concern now with what the Dallas is going to be seeing from a, def, you know, you know, on offense from a, a defensive standpoint. But Zeke should get the volume. Uh Clyde, thirty-three, thirty-three, thirty-three split there. Essentially, if it wasn't for two touchdowns, he doesn't. It's hard to know because of that blow. I mean, they were that are fluky. Yeah, that too, and it's hard to know what the actual touchdown would have looked like had they not been blowing out the Cardinals by pretty much the first quarter. Tougher matchup against the Chargers. I think I, I think Clyde could have more upside just because of the offense. Zeke probably has the safer volume. And Hall, Hall is tough because you're basically banking on the targets to remain the same. And while we both like them, it's uh it's also Cleveland. And- it won't score a lot of points either. Wrong set of a split. Give me volume. Volume's king. Yeah. A- ask me again on Sunday, longtime listener. Uh, tune in Sunday, and maybe I'll have a I'll have more information to give you. Better flow. <laughs> Thanks for the question. Thanks for the question. Yeah. Longtime listener, Ryan. All right. Sunday night football game. Bears at the Packers. Packers, nine and a half point favorites. And 41 and a half. <laughs> Is the game total? Um, I I said I would sprinkle a very little bit amount on the Bears money line because I want to will that into existence. Uh, don't make that play, but make that play. I want that to be willed into existence. Yeah. Too. So so make that play, but don't make that play. Just make that play with a little bit amount of money, but don't make it. Uh, stay away from this game otherwise, because we don't know really. You know, Grammy looked terrible, but they're one one big play away in the beginning of the game to at least keep that game relatively close to route and the defense stepped up in the second half more. So the bears were on the right side of a monsoon game. We, we don't know what this, what this offense will look like and they get a far better quarterback at least to play. Don't. One would think the one would think the Packers would want to come out and make a statement 
after an embarrassing loss to a, a division rival, but I would, Green Bay. I would think the only thing I care about here is the four running backs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, maybe Jones, Justin Fields and Jones and Dylan deeply. pretty split. Um, you know, Elijah Mitchell was running at a pretty good clip as was Debo. And in, in this one, the bears could kind of key down on the run because of what the weather was. Um, so Packers side, you're, you're fine there. Um, we'll see the, I mean, Niners monsoon game. Didn't get anything going in the passing game. A couple of key secondary plays from the bears, lots of, of rookies and unproven talent outside of the Packers. So just the running backs, um, for the Bears, I mean, look, same thing. Monsoon game, completely new receiving core. You could run with Darnell Mooney, but I think him, especially if he draws Alexander, is a little bit of a mismatch. Um, Montgomery got volume first half. Herbert got more work second half and looked better. So it's the four running backs. Yep. Agree. I'm not. I'm avoiding this game in DFS. I don't want to. I don't want to play any part of it. <laughs> well, it is a solo game at the very least. Yeah, you don't have to. I mean, you do like a is Sunday, Monday part night the, matchup. Or I guess if it. you want to, but it's again, stack all of Monday night. You would not. You'd sprinkle in maybe there's Watson. A, hey, Watson is a deep play. Monday night doubleheader. Yeah, right. It's weird. Week two. I guess they really wanted the future Denver at Seattle. Well, and it's not like you get to finish one game and watch the other. They're competing against themselves. <laughs> right? Yeah, they That's are. how they roll. Weird. All right. Speaking of Monday night games, Tennessee at Buffalo. Buffalo, nine and a half point favorites. 48 and a half is the game total. I'll take Buffalo <laughs> and I'll take the under. I don't think Tennessee scores much against them. And at Buffalo, you know, gets up early. They're not known to take the foot off the gas, but Tennessee still has to score enough points to get this thing up to 49 points. I don't think they do. Even if Buffalo keeps it going, I'll take Buffalo the highest spread because that team looks like they were in midseason form on Thursday night. And that's week one, first game of the year. A lot of highlight, a lot of, a lot of lights on them. They're rolling. E- easy. Give me Buffalo in the under. Henry's the obvious answer here for, for Tennessee, just solid. Um, Henderson had a, a good game. Uh, you know, not nothing spectacular from Henry, but just solid. Uh, what I'm watch listing here, and I expect Ryan will probably say, I'm not going to recommend it for fantasy. Just pay attention unless you're somehow that desperate. Uh, Cooper Cup had a good game against the Bills. Kyle Phillips plays a slot and led the team in targets and receptions. I'll just leave it at that. He could be in line for another solid floor day. Um, Bills side of this, you know, start the people you drafted to start. Devin Singletary is the running back that you're going to roll with. And DFS, you you nailed it, Chris. I was going to say Kyle Phillips had a bargain play because he's at $3,900 this week. Same reason the Cooper Cup roll. Playing that slot, hell of a deal right there. You're obviously going to play Derrick Henry. I mean, he's 8,300. He's definitely a running back you're going to play in this game if you're going to play anyone. And then the Buffalo side, 
I still go Gabriel Davis. He's at he's starting to come up in price. He's at sixty two hundred right now, and then Devin Singletary is also the other easy play at fifty five hundred, just because we know it's kind of his backfield for now until we start seeing it, him. It's his backfield to lose. Is how I like to look at it as now. And then Minnesota Philadelphia. We got a question. Again? Oh no way! Another question from wow. Hardcore. Oh yeah, another listener. This one is why I went. Ooh. Should I trade Cordero Patterson for Ezekiel Elliott? Yes. Yes. Oh, man. I wouldn't even think about it twice. Still high on Cordero Patterson. Oh, yeah. Yep. God. Yes, do it. <laughs> but it didn't make me. It was like, ooh. You had to think for a second. because I always I... just. Yeah, he had that great stretch to start last season. Starts this season with a great game. Really cooled off towards the end of last year, though. Yeah, like really cooled Just, off. He was like ice. Yeah, if you can, if you need to throw in a wide receiver too to pull it off, even do it. All right, final game. Minnesota at the Eagles. Eagles a point and a half favorites at home. I was shocked by this spread. 51 and a half is the game total. I think this is a lot of respect to Minnesota for what they just did to Green Bay. I, I, th- I thought Philly should be closer to three or four. That'd be my my guess that this spread would be between a four and five. But point and a half feels like it's basically a pick'em game at this point. I expect this to be another high scoring game. 51 and a half was a little yeah. higher than what I thought. I thought it started at 50, which I felt would be, well, I thought would be fair. Uh, both the, def- you know, Minnesota's defense isn't great. This is a far bigger test than what they had against Green Bay, but this is also a bigger test for Philadelphia. Um, You know, with the Minnesota team that's coming in hot and looked very impressive. And a good offense. So, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. and that's the thing, right? You look at what the Lions do on paper, you know, I think that, you know, their defense is at least better than a lot of people anticipated. I mean, they, sorry, Lions offense played above expectations last year. This year they've added stuff and they went out and put up, you know, 35 against the Eagles. And now you bring in the Vikings who have the top tier elite talent. You know, there's going to be some points scored. Like you said, Dan, Vikings defense, not great. Uh, Eagles other side of that put up 38 on Detroit and you know I think that yeah I, I'm not going to be surprised if this game goes over 60 so there's a fun alt spread for you if you want to throw a little money on it yeah and um, this is a, tr- a true definition of a back and forth game I think here too right which means that you want the fantasy pieces in this you want Justin Jefferson you want Adam Thielen you want Dalvin Cook you could make an argument for KJ Osborne. I'm not going to because didn't do a lot last week. But, you know, on the other side of this, you want Miles Sanders, who's coming off of a really good game. AJ Brown, a huge game. Um, you know, Devonta Smith. Jalen Rager revenge game, guys. Anyone? No. Devonta Smith's four targets, no catches. Yep. Most back in for him. This is a far better matchup for him. Yep. So look, you want pieces in this game. That's that's all I'm gonna tell you. I think this is gonna be high scoring. 
Brian, way what way more fun than Tennessee Buffalo? Yeah, DFS wise, yeah. I would try to build my stack around this. Like if I'd build the high of the Minnesota Philadelphia game and try to take the lows of the Tennessee Buffalo and try to piece that two, those two together. That'd be the only way to do it because I don't really. There's nothing that's really truly a good value, and there's nothing that really stands out as like a no. must have either. Yeah, outside no. of Miles Sanders at fifty six hundred. That's it, and that's really baked into the fact that the running, you know, that Gainwell and Boston Scott do see, especially Gainwell do see touches, and Hurts also likes to steal rushing touchdowns from from the running backs. And and the guy that asked the question, he was offered Zeke for Patterson. That was sent to him. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Smash, smash, smash yeah. yeah. Probably breaking my phone by accident. Yeah, or Miles, Getting whatever some, it is. Using my boner to hit accept because I just got <laughs> I just got hard. That's the that. show. That's it. The balls. That's the show. We'll Thank you guys very Sunday. much for tuning in. Uh, yeah, we'll see you guys Sunday. Peace. Peace. Bye.